on to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling. That something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Oh, me, sir. God damn it. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. Come to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. Oh, you! As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Rolling well, this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Shaheen. And Boxman. And we are the Persian and the Jew. Join us live every Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Mixler.com slash THT Podcast. And make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, THT Network, and THT Podcast, the one and only Hot Tag Podcast, bringing you the latest in wrestling news and our weekly bullshit that you don't want to miss. Join us every week. I'll tell Sylvester, whenever I get to the chopper, I listen to THT Movie Review. Hell, Boxman and Anthony, they cover movies like Wall Street, Die Hard, Bloodsport, and Terminator. Ladies and gentlemen, for the very best old school pro wrestling discussion, check out the Raymond of Pro Wrestling. WWE, WCW, ECW, the NWA, and everybody in between. We cover them all only on the THT Network. Check us out. And of course, if you have a couple extra dollars this month, you can join us on Patreon.com slash THT Network. For as little as $5 a month, you will gain unlimited access to our Patreon, which will include eight original, unreleased exclusives to Patreon. Check it out. Patreon.com slash THT Network. There you go. What is going on, everybody? It is Sunday night. Welcome to THT Movie Review, movie fans. Uh, tonight, right now, you've got me. Right now, you got Boxman. Anthony will be uh, coming along soon, but I figured after playing 50 minutes of music, I should probably go ahead and start this damn show. So, that is what I'm going to go ahead and do. Uh, before Anthony gets here and before we even really get into the movie... 
I uh, I'll go ahead and talk about some of the actors in this movie because um, we uh, in the movie we are uh, that we're going to be talking about is the Ladies Man with Tim Meadows. Uh, this movie was from the year two thousand, and this is a uh, this was a good movie. This this uh, all came about from a character that Tim Meadows was doing on uh, SNL. Um, I have not watched Saturday Night Live in a very long, long time. So I don't remember ever actually seeing this character my like on Saturday Night Live because, like I said, I haven't watched in a long time. So it was the 80s when I was watching. Um, but Tim Meadows, who's done uh, pretty much, let's see, he's been in The Ladies' Man. He's kind of a Will Ferrell friend. Um, yeah, he was in, you know, The Walk Hard uh movie the you know the Dewey Cox story he was in uh he had a uh, in Mean Girls he's done the ladies man obviously uh a lot of those kind of movies though the funny movies especially the ones that have the Will Ferrell and friends cast so Tim Meadows is uh is the main character in that movie he plays Leon Phelps who is obviously a ladies man doesn't that just make sense yes it does all right let's keep going here uh, next person we have is, uh, his love interest in the movie is Julie Simmons. Julie is played by Karen Parsons. Karen Parsons, um, I don't know if you've, if, if anyone's ever seen this. I actually like this little movie. Um, Major Pain. Uh, I, li- I like that movie, that Damon Wayans movie where he, uh, he trains the little kids and it's, uh, you know, kind of a ROTC school. But, uh, yeah, she is in that. And I believe she was in, yeah, she was Hillary in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I forgot about that. So, yes, obviously she's done a lot of stuff. She's done a few other movies that I've never seen. Uh, Lush Life, never seen it. Uh, Gulliver's Travels. I saw that, probably the old one, probably not with her in it. When I was a kid, I think they used to make us watch that shit in school. Uh, she's got a TV show right now, I guess, that started called Fly. I don't know what that is. Never seen it, but she's in it. So, there you go. Karen Parsons as Julie Simmons in this movie. Billy D. Williams is in this movie. I mean, how much fucking cooler can you get than Billy D. fucking Williams? Uh, he plays Lester in this movie. He's the bartender. He kind of, uh, he talks us through a lot of this movie, gives us the, uh, the narration, narration on it. Come on, Billy D. Williams. He's been in Batman. He was in the the original Star Wars. He was in the new Star Wars. He's in two more Star Wars coming up. I mean, he's Lando. This is Lando Calrissian here, so everyone should know who this guy is. Uh, but there you go, Billy D. Williams. One bad motherfucker, obviously. Uh, John Witherspoon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Friday next Friday. He's a good friend, obviously, of uh, Ice Cube. He's in a bunch of those movies, but he's th- th- this guy has been in so many stuff. I mean, he was in Soul Plane. He was on the Tracy Morgan show. Uh, he was in, uh, let's see, Dr. Doolittle, Little Nicky. Um, uh, let's see here. He was even on the Wayans Brothers show. Um, but yeah, uh, this guy... And he was in uh, a movie, Boomerang, one of the movies me and Anthony have talked about tons of times on the, on on this show. Uh, Boomerang, love that movie. Eddie Murphy, um, ah, 
Keenan Ivory Wayne. No, 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 no. David Allen Greer. Sorry, I knew it was a three-name person. David Allen Greer and Martin Lawrence, Robin Givens, Halle Berry. Holy shit, that movie had an all-star cast. And John Witherspoon plays a uh, kind of the barkeep. His name is Scrap Iron. Uh, let's see. After John Witherspoon, we have Lee Evans. We actually talked about Lee Evans a little while ago in There's Something About Mary. He was Tucker. He's been in The Fifth Element, so uh, a bunch of movies. I think we went through him. You know, if you go through that movie, you know, go back. You can hear us talk about Lee Evans. Plenty of Lee Evans talk. Uh, and There's Something About Mary. He was obviously a big part of that movie. So, also... Uh, oh, by the way, Lee Evans plays Barney. Barney, um, we will get to Barney. Uh, will Farrow plays Lance DeLoon, a crazy billionaire who um, is in a club with Lee Evans and a bunch of other guys. We'll get to all these other guys, trust me, as the movie goes forward. Uh, but yeah, Will Farrell, I mean, Jesus Christ, this guy has been in, I mean, Anchorman, Blades of Glory. He's in the the new movie, da- you know, the Daddy's Home, Daddy's Home Two. Um, oh, good God, Get Hard. He's in that movie. Um, let's see. Here we go. My God, this guy just has too many credits. Will Ferrell has too many credits. Semi Pro, Step Brothers. We all know who Will Ferrell is. Come on, there's no reason for me to sit here and try to sell you on Will Ferrell. You either like Will Ferrell or you fucking hate Will Ferrell. Eugene Levy, the dad from all the American Pie movies, he is in this movie. Not for very long, but he has a little part in this movie. Um, this guy's also, you know, kind of shows up in a ton of stuff. Never really has like a main, main huge role, but uh, shows up in a bunch of stuff, especially TV stuff. I mean, he's got 101 credits on IMDb just to his name. So obviously he's doing something right. Um Ken Hudson Campbell, who we've talked about before. We actually talked about him last uh, Christmas when we did Home Alone. He is the Santa Claus at the end of the movie. That's who that guy is. He was also in Down Periscope. Um, Armageddon. He was Max. He's the guy that uh, died in the in, in the you know in the uh, drill machine. Um, those are most of the movies you would know him from. Um, he was in Coyote Ugly as one of the bikers, just kind of in the crowd. Like I said, another guy that doesn't really have a ton of things to his credit, but definitely, you know, you would see him and be like, ah, I think I know that guy right there. And that's who it is. But uh, Hal is another one in the group with uh, Lee Evans. And um, let's see, I think he plays Kenny in this movie. Uh, Hal, I'm sorry, I already said his name, Hal. So we also have Kevin McDonald. I don't know if anybody in here is a fan of the kids in the hall, but Kevin McDonald, that's pretty much where he got his start on the kids in the hall. And not his start. Um, he did a lot of things before that, but I believe the show that got him most known was that i mean he did you know i mean he was in news radio he had a you know one episode one episode of seinfeld one episode of true carry um he actually did six episodes of that 70s show but i think what really got him 
um, famous was the show Kids in the Hall. He was one of the kids in the hall. And actually, that was uh, the second thing he did was, you know, the, there was 102 episodes of that show. I am actually a fan of the Kids in the Hall. If you've never seen the movie Brain Candy from 1996, I'm going to have to make Anthony watch that movie one night because that movie we have to get to. Uh, Brain Candy is absolutely hilarious, hilarious movie. Um, so that is, uh, Kevin McDonald. Kevin McDonald is the mailman in this movie. He's a douchebag to, to, uh, to Leon Phelps, but, uh, doesn't believe a word he says. But yeah, it, 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 he is, like I said, one of the kids in the hall. Might not know this guy unless you give him a look up. Just you, you'll see his face and be like, "Oh, that guy, that guy." Uh, done a ton of voice voice work. Um, but let's see, what's he got coming up lately? Anything coming up lately? I think Anthony's about to start jumping on with us soon here. Uh, let's see. There's a post production of something called Boys versus Girls coming out, and uh, Invader Zim. He's a, a a voice. Okay, yeah. TV series though, and a lot of voice work. So, uh, Tiffany Thiessen, not Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I don't know why she took the amber out, but obviously she was Kelly in Saved by the Bell. She is in this movie. She was in Son in Law. We talked about her then. She doesn't have a huge part in this movie. She's more or less at the end, but she is in this movie. Um, another person who does not have a huge part in this movie is Rocky, Rocky Carroll. Um, he was in Chicago Hope. He was in Yes Man. He was, uh, he did like 200, oh, let's see, uh, 251 episodes of NCIS. And I believe he is still on NCIS as, um, pretty much like the director of the NCIS. But this guy is another guy who's done a shitload of, of movies, but also a lot of TV. This guy has done so much television. I mean, Law and Order, of course. Um, oh, he was in the movie Born, to Fourth, Born on the Fourth of July back in 1989. Great fucking movie right there. Uh, that was only his third movie ever. Uh, he was in The Chase. If you remember, he was one of the news reporters. We talked about him in The Chase. Um, lots of TV for this guy. Chicago Hope, he was in pretty much, I don't know how many episodes that show had, but 96 episodes. Uh, he was in that. So he's done a ton of stuff, this guy. Um, and like I said, still doing NCIS as far as it, uh, it shows right here. And let's see... I think that's really all all the actresses we have to go through and actors in this movie. Um, not many more. I was kind of hoping Anthony would jump on with us in the next few minutes here. Uh, hopefully he will. But I guess while I'm waiting for Anthony, if you give me a minute here, I will just go ahead and start up playing a few clips here. And uh, we'll just start the movie. Anthony will jump in when he jumps in. Here we go. Let's roll a little... The first clip, uh, obviously, we start off with his um, love interest and assistant, Julie. Julie is cleaning up, getting ready for the uh, Leon Phelps show. And uh, I'll play a little bit of, uh, of the beginning. kind of lets you know kind of what the radio station is and what his show is. So I'll give you a little taste of that right now. 
Expressway, a truck overturned the slow lane. While on the Stevenson Expressway, the traffic's moving along nicely. Another shadow traffic update with P.J. Birch in 10 minutes. You're listening to WRIX, Chicago's number one news and financial networks. Now, back to Money Matters. Welcome back. I'm your host, Gil Stewart. And we're almost out of time here on Money Matters, but here's a quick wrap-up of the day's biggest stories. The Dow closing out today at minus 55, while the Nasdaq was up 7 points. The S&P is down 4. Gold takes a big hit on the floor as the international month. Okay, so far she's uh, rolled down a poster of sexual positions. Um, she lit candles. She opened up a bottle of Cavassier, poured a glass of Cavassier, and uh, just like I said, getting set for the show. Here we go. Monetary fund unloads 10% of its gold holdings, causing ripples throughout the banking industry, continuing the trend in unloading the bulk of its holdings in favor of better performing securities. You've been listening to Money Matters. I'm Gil Stewart looking after your money. It's now 2 a.m. and time for... What's happening and welcome to the ladies man, the love line with all the right responses to your romantic queries. Uh, my name is Leon Phelps and to those of you that are uninitiated, I am an expert in the ways of love. Um, I have made love to many fine ladies from the lowliest bus station skank to the classiest, most sophisticated, educated, debutante high society bus station skank. But listen, I'm doing good if you are asking. I got my Cavassier cognac right here and I'm ready to take your call. While I am not a psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever, I have done it to a lot of ladies and that makes me somewhat like an expert. I have a PhD in, in Tang, <laughs> as it were. So if you uh, have a romantic query and you are under the age of 50 and you're not freaky or disgusting, please give us a call. My lovely producer, Julie Simmons, she is over there and she is uh, waiting with bated breath to hear what you got to say. Okay. All right. I will actually get back to that a little bit because I do want to play a little more of that. Um, I literally could play every time this guy gets on a microphone. It is fucking awesome. Uh, but obviously you can see the contrast there in kind of what the radio station, I mean, you know, this guy's doing a money matters show on like stock markets and all this stuff. And boom, Leon kicks his ass out of the way, uh, pulls over his, uh, his purple chair that looks like a hand cradling his bottom and, uh, just starts talking about the love making and Leon filth. Uh, but yeah, just. I mean, a great start. I'll go ahead and play a little more of this scene because, I mean, it's... I, I'll probably play the whole thing. Here we go. Well, you're going to have to hold anyway, sir. Yeah. Susan from Oak Park, do you have a question for Leon? Oh, he left his clothes at your house. The phone is lighting up, so let's take a call. Hey, what's happening? This is Leon Phelps. You got the ladies, man. Hello, ladies, man. Ooh, it's the ladies. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm new to the city, and I don't know too many people, and I am painfully shy. Yeah, you sound painfully shy. Listen, this is what you should do. Uh -huh. Go to the bus station or to a bowling alley and hang out with no underpants. Trust me, it worked. What? Yeah, you'd be surprised at how many men would approach you. I know that I would. <laughs> Next caller, go ahead. You got the latest man. 
Ladies, man, lately I've been feeling really confused. Yeah, that sounds good. No, it's not good. I'm in a relationship, but I don't know if he's for real. How do you know when you're really, truly in love? Don't worry. When you're really, truly in love, you will feel it deep down in your pants. Unless, of course, you're not wearing any pants, which is not uncommon in my case. <laughs> what are you talking about? I asked you about finding true love. Oh, yeah, that's Oh, all right. There you go. So obviously you can see his, um, his love advice is amazing. Obviously, obviously it's good stuff. I mean, you know, if, if, if you're shy, obviously the best thing to do would be to go hang out at the uh, bus station or the bowling alley with no underwear on. That would help. I believe that would be a big help. Um, I don't know. I mean, Jesus, this movie's from 2000. We, we, we fast forward 18 years. I don't even know if this first friggin' we're three minutes and 40 seconds into the movie. And I don't know if this would even be allowed to be played in 2018. This guy would be thrown off of a fucking bus or something. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and play a little bit more of this. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll actually get into some of the movie. Hopefully we got Anthony joining up with us in the next few minutes here. We'll, uh, we'll definitely. Hope for that. That's right, you did. Well, listen, I hope whatever I said was helpful. Next caller, you got the ladies, man. Man, I'm going to have to put you on hold, okay? Ladies, man. Listen, I don't care what you say. Chlamydia is a suit. It's, it's my opinion. I can have that if I'd like. You don't have to argue. I've seen it on the grocery store shelves. Yes, I know that clam chowder is not a venereal disease. Don't argue with me about it. I don't care if you are a doctor. No, no, we promise there won't be any more vulgar material. You got to get a thumb and just stick it up in there, you know? <laughs> Actually, get two thumbs up in there, you know, like the five, like this. Hey! <laughs> there may be some weird smells afterwards, but don't worry. Just take a shower. Hey, go ahead, Carly. You got the latest man. No one knows where Leon came from exactly, but he started out life on. All right. So before we get to this part, and I, this is another important part to the movie. I know I'm not going to play the whole movie, but the beginning, Lester, uh, obviously Billy D. Williams, if you can't tell by the voice, Lester sort of tells us the whole story of where he came from. Now, the story of where he came from, um, is, you know, you'll hear it in a minute, but basically what he, what they're hinting at is that it was a young Hugh Hefner and these were the Playboy bunnies and the Playboy mansion is the uh, doorstep he was left on. So here we go, a little more, and this will give us the story of Leon Phelps, aka the Lady's Man. The steps of a majestic mansion. The master of the house was a great man who surrounded himself with the world's most beautiful objects. He had everything he wanted, except a son. Young Leon was taken into this world and raised as one of their own. And in that warm family environment, Leon developed into quite a stylish young man. He learned everything a bright young kid would want to know about stereo systems and, of course, love. In this magical kingdom, the king shared everything with him. Only one thing was off limits. But Leon being Leon, the day finally arrived when a benevolent proprietor 
and Leon parted ways. Poor little Leon was thrown out into the cold, much like Moses in the days of old. After that, it wasn't easy for the little man, but he got along. He always did. Not because he was smart and not because he was rich, but because the ladies loved Leon Phelps. How did he do it? Well, I guess you better ask the man yourself. He left the, uh, how come you tell that story every time we walk into this bar? Huh? Oh, maybe there's somebody out there who don't know you. There you go. So now he walks into the bar. He's with Julie. Uh, we see all the, you know, we, we, we actually see Billy D. Williams. We see Scrap Iron. There's another lady over there, um, uh, who plays, I believe her name is Candy. Uh, let's see. Who does play Candy is Jill Talley. Jill Talley actually is who plays Candy. She's the other bar patron. And, um, you know, they're just sitting there kind of talking in the bar. And uh, it's it's another funny scene. I'm not going to play a lot of that. I will actually move a little bit forward. Um, and we do actually get to uh, how he met Julie right here. And that... That I will play. Exactly what I was wondering one night about two years ago. Here it is. How he met you. Do me wrong. She is in a wedding dress. Do me right. Do me right. Running into the bar crying. Tell me lies. Bourbon. Let me help you with that. There you go. Uh, listen, I was wondering, can I ask you a question? Uh, was your father a meat burglar? And here's why I asked, because it looked like somebody stole two fine hams and shoved them down the back of your dress. And then it happened. She started laughing, kept on laughing. I thought she was crazy. They talked and laughed on into the night. Leon didn't go home with her, but he took home her business card. She said she was in radio, said she wanted to put Leon on the radio. That was two years ago. I guess she packed the wedding dress away for another day. I'm seriously, Lester, can you just take a break for a second? I'm trying to concentrate over here. Leon, I think she's going to be a tough shoe to polish. All contrary, Bone. All right. So basically what's happening now is uh, Leon, after the story is told about how he met Julie, obviously she came in uh, from she left the wedding, left the altar. And um, that's how they met. Came in. He made her laugh and they just kept going from there. So, you know, she got him on the radio. She got him his show. Now, who he sees at the bar is uh what is this lady i believe that is uh teresa let me see if i can get this right lady who he's looking at here um i do know her from a tv show i know her from csi miami i can't remember uh what her name is but he sees barney's wife in this show uh, right now that's who he's looking at is barney's wife and uh she's gorgeous and he even tells us how he's going to pick her up. This is how it'll go. Sure. Let me give you the uh, play-by-play. Uh, 
I will probably begin with a very classy first line. Something like, Hey, sweet thing, can I buy you a fish sandwich? And then I will commence to whisper sweet words in her ear. Something like, Man, I'd like to take a bite out of your butt. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will close the deal by giving her a preview of the goods. Now the day you pick up that pretty woman, that's the day I believe a wet bird don't fly at night. Yeah, well get ready to see a wet bird fly at night, my mm. friend. All right. So from here, he actually does go and he actually picks this woman up. Uh, pretty much, it goes almost the way he thought it would. He, you know, can't light the lighter, but you know, after a few little, uh, a few words, they do end up going, leaving the bar, and the two girls, both Julie and Candy, are kind of like, oh, you know, Julie leaves, and Candy's like, I know, when's it our turn, girl? But um, she's not expecting her husband to come home. Barney, played by Lee Evans, does come home and goes to open the door. The door is chained shut. So obviously he knows something's up but because he, he can hear noises. And uh, screw it. Let's go ahead and play it. To the left, to the left. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Well, well, it isn't the orchid, man. I'll be right there. You'll never guess what happened. I was cleaning up the broom closet, and it was so stuffed with crap. So I opened the door, and it was like, uh, 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 uh. Don't open that door, Maggie. Because all that stuff. Tumbling down all over me. Do you have a man in there with you? No. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, so he breaks in, uh, finds the wife sitting there naked. He sees the window open. Um, Leon literally zip lines down naked and this is where this is kind of the the one of the main parts of the movie this is where they see the have a nice day with a smiley face on it on his ass the tattoo of that on his ass and that's all lee evans sees or uh, barney sees he's screaming no leon is laughing his ass off um and I'm going to play a little more of uh, Leon because he is uh, on the microphone. Let's 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 have some fun. Thirty in the a.m. and you are listening to the latest man. Hey, all right, so uh, let's take some more calls. Go ahead, Carla. Uh, hello, uh, am I on? Uh, yes, you are. What seems to be your query? Uh, well, look, I've never called a show like this before, but I'm in really bad shape. I was, uh, I was kind of hoping that you'd help me out. Well, uh, we'll see what we can do. So, uh, I came home last night. 
What do you know? <laughs> My wife of seven years was in the sack with another guy. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. No, it's not good. I, uh, I saw the guy. I saw him running, running, running down the street. He, he had this, this, this like smiley tattoo thing on his, uh, uh on his, uh, well, kind of... Okay, sir, uh, listen, um, we gonna take a break right now, okay? Uh, we'll be back in a few moments with the answer to our survey. What is your favorite hole? Thanks for calling. Okay, so obviously that was Barney calling him. He just figured it out. Uh, now, Barney is about to hang himself. He ties a noose to a ceiling fan. Um, it doesn't hold, and the ceiling fan comes down, and when it comes down, it turns on porno. Now, he had also just racked himself between the fucking nuts on the chair, so he's literally has his pants down, he has a noose around his neck and porno on the TV, and his wife comes home to pick up her stuff, and... And basically, it looks like he's jerking off with a noose around his neck to porno. So, basically, his wife thinks that's exactly what he's doing. He tries to explain. She turns around and leaves. I believe many women would do the same thing. Now, we uh, go back once again to a little more of talking. Can I say, baby, the ladies, they love Leon Phelps. <laughs> what ladies? Who are these women? Why do you feel like you have to sleep with all of them? Um, let me see. Have you ever had sex? Yes, Leon, I've had sex. Yes, well, there you go. <laughs> That's delightful. Yeah. You know, it's exactly that kind of language that's going to get you kicked off the air. All right, and now we get the, uh, this is the one scene I believe might be the only scene that, uh, Mr. Eugene Levy is in. He plays a guy named Bucky Kent. He's basically the station manager, and he can't stand Leon. I mean, cannot stand Leon. So let's go ahead and play a little bit of that, because uh, this is another big part in the movie. To Kent. Yes! Uh, you certainly seem in good spirits today. I didn't think it showed. <laughs> Yeah, I just got a letter from the FCC, so I suppose you could say I'm full of contentment and cheer. What do you mean? Well, I'm sure you're aware that your smutty-mouthed little friend, Leon Phelps, has always been a thorn in my side. He's unprofessional. He drinks on the air. He has a little sip of cognac now and then, but... I would have fired him years ago if he wasn't such a such a favorite with the owner of the station. I don't know what she sees in him. But I finally decided to go over her head about this and straight to the FCC. And if Leon Phelps is responsible for even one more tiny little fine, I get to fire him. Well, we haven't had a fine in weeks. <laughs> Leon's completely cleaned up his act. Oh, uh, right. is that a fact? Yeah, uh, you see, what your problem is, is that you suffer from, um, homo unerectus, uh, which means basically is that your wing is hugified, not by a, a woman, but by a man. All right, yeah, once again, um, let's fast forward 2000 to, uh, to, 18, to now, 2018. Wow. I don't think... So far, again, we're 16 minutes into this movie, and I don't think this could even be played nowadays. Uh, this, wow. 
didn't realize uh, this is going to be one of those movies. I hope people don't start watching this because this movie, oh, my God, people will be completely offended by this. Uh, let's keep going. Well, you never know. I mean, uh, some nights the FCC doesn't even listen. Really? No. <laughs> they listen all the time. Probably listening now. Hey, what's up, David? Bucky Kennedy visiting us in the station. How you doing? <laughs> Well, well, I guess he can't sneak around, but you still got Leon Felt. I'm sticking it out here. We're going to take a break. Uh, We're going to be right back. Listen, don't let Bucky get you all upset. He is just jealous. Leon, I think he's serious this time. He said that the radio station won't pay for any more of your fines. Listen, I tell you what I'm going to do. We only got three minutes left for the show. I'm just going to ease my way out, okay? Just play a little music. No more phone calls, okay? You see, by tomorrow, Bucky Kent will be all cooled down. You promise? Julie, come on. That one person you can trust is Leon Felt. Get me. Get me. Ah. All right. So there you go. Nice and easy. No more phone calls. Just going to sort of ease his way out. I believe that was probably innuendo from him. And, uh, you know, nothing big. Nothing's going to happen. He just wants to, uh, you know... Try to end the show without getting any more fines. So, you know, let's let's see what he does for that. And uh, as we are about to go into that little scene right there, hopefully everything is working right for Anthony. What's going on, Anthony? Come on, bro. Everything working wonderfully for Anthony. Um, Anthony, we got people coming in, so I just... Don't worry about it, man. I understand. I, I just started. Um, but uh, I went through the cast already. So that's knocked out. I'm only 17 minutes into the movie. I'm about to the poem. Ah, nice. Just in time. Yeah, I'm actually right about to get to the poem. And um, I believe you you, you probably came in right at the right time there. So here we go. My timing is impeccable. (laughs) It is. Here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm just a few seconds before it, I think. What's happening? You got the latest man, Leon Phelps here. And I am looking at a half-empty bottle of Cavatier, which means that we are just about out of time. But before I go, I'd like to leave you with just uh, one more thought. This is a little something that I wrote. And I read, What is love? What is this longing in our hearts for togetherness? Is it not the sweetest flower? Does not this flower of love have the fragrant aroma of fine, fine diamonds? Does not the wind love the dirt? Is not love not unlike the unlikely not it is unlikened to? Are you with someone tonight? Do not question your love. Take your lover by the hand. Release the power within yourself. You heard me, release the power. Tame the wild cosmos with a whisper. Conquer heaven with one intimate caress. That's right, don't be shy. Whip out everything you got and do it in the butt. <laughs> By Leon Phelps. Okay, um, so Leon's fired. <laughs> hey, if you're going to go out, might as well go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, and by the way, if you, uh, you know, j- just to give you a little bit of a idea of what that scene looked like, you know, he's reading the nice words, the, the, you know, all, all about love and, you know, there's people just hugging and they're, they're showing all people, you know, kissing and, 
being nice, and then you hear, <laughs> do it in the butt. <laughs> and you see the one old couple. I don't know if you picked up on that. Yeah. They were so disgusted when they heard that part. They just cut the radio off. <laughs> that was hilarious to me. Yeah, that was that was perfect. Um, and he of course gets thrown out of the station. Um, literally thrown. Two guys pick him up, throw him, and uh, he's out of work one more time. Uh, well, first time in this movie. Uh, but it looks like he went and got drunk and Julie has taken him home. Um, let me see here. His place is, I don't know. It's a houseboat. His place is a houseboat, but it looks like a 1970s. It, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. It looks a little bit like, um, Austin Powers plane, but even more tacky. How does that sound? About right. I mean, but the, it's you know, it's basically, I don't know. He's basically like a guy that apparently stuck in the seventies, mm-hmm. not getting with the times, because this movie came out in two thousand. Right. So. Right. Yeah. He's stuck in a. It's like he's stuck in a time warp, and still gets gets ass amazingly. But um, it's obvious here that he has a thing for Julie. Um, obviously, a big you know, he's really into Julie. He drunk as hell he's trying to get her into the bed and it's not really working she you can tell is into him but she's also picking up some very strange stuff in that apartment like a boob telephone yeah i mean it's like i i think that he he kind of comes up even though like i said in a lot of cases in a lot of roles if this was anybody else playing this role but tim meadows they'd probably be a you know a dirtball a scumbag Right, but he plays this role in such a way where even though you could kind of classify him as a sleazeball, he mm-hmm. kind he kind of has like a certain charm with it, where you could tell he that he's not trying to be malicious with anything that he does. If anything, right. he's almost like too honest. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll go with that. Um, after that part, we see Barney Lee Evans is on his computer, and he looks up smiling ass tattoo. And they find he finds a group called the VSA, Victims of the Smiling Ass. So he found a little group of other men that have been, you know, victimized by Mr. Phelps. And they say, we will have our revenge. So we go. But uh, so at least he has a group. We'll get to the group. I'll play that part. But we find his. uh Let's play his first job interview. What do you think? Yes, sir. Oh, yes. The first job interview. Here we go. We we play all the biggest names in soft rock and light jazz. Folks like Enya, Yanni, Tesh. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of a little lady goes by the name of Miss Celine Dion. (laughs) No, who is that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say I've heard of you, but I'm not too familiar with your show. I don't stay up that late anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Do you have a tape I can listen to? Oh, I'm afraid we don't have uh, Yeah, tape. actually we do. Uh, this uh, should give you a good idea of what we can bring to your station. Fantastic. You know, clinically speaking, doing it doggy style has is a... <laughs> There's just some racy stuff in the beginning there, but you can speed right through it. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like the answer for you is doing it doggy style. <laughs> I'm going to speed through the <laughs> same stuff. <coughs> 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 
Anyway, doggy style. <laughs> you can speed right through that part, too. Yeah, see, you was kicked in the scrotum. Or, as they say in the medical book. All right. Th- by the way, this we're already in his second job interview right now. He's playing the tape. Obviously, this tape is not very, very convincing for him to get a job with. Let's keep going. Profession, <laughs> the ball sack. You can skip through that part. Well, you know, the scientific name is the Hershey Highway. Third job interview. Speed on through. And she rips up the tape finally. <laughs> she finally tears up the tape. Um, obviously, like I said, the tape isn't helping. What do you think, Anthony? <laughs> Clearly it's not, but it's kind of funny that even in 2000, like you still, I guess you still could, you know, you still had people that were uptight about certain things. Because, I mean, it's kind of his shtick. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know what you, if you, if you, you know, if he had, they kind of play it up that he has like a following. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he's getting these job interviews based off of his reputation. So it's kind of like they kind of should know what they're getting into with the guy. Yeah. Yeah. But again, no one's really heard of him. He's on very early in the morning and stuff. But um, the tape not being a very big help. Not at all. So basically, I think this might be their last job interview. Let's go ahead and roll it. I think this is the church station. Here we go. Yes. Uh, Simmons? Yes. Oh, let's see. Oh, very nice. Very nice. And, uh, Mr. Phelps. Yeah, that's me. Uh, I'm presently in the process of uh, getting my resume typed up over at Kinko's. Kinko's, good people. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, by the way, his resume is on a piece of ripped out notebook paper, like a spiral notebook, not even a three ring binder notebook. <laughs> ripped out of a spiral notebook. So, uh, Kinko's. Good people, good people. So uh, there we go. Let's play. I see under interests you've written Dabbit? Uh, no, that's the butt. The butt. Yeah. And also I like tennis. Good, good. <laughs> well, Mr. Phelps, today might be your lucky day. Yeah, our morning anchor quit out of the blue. And we are desperate for someone to fill her old slot. Well, that's uh, no problem because I have a lot of experience at filling other people's slots. Really? Mm-hmm. You mean you've uh, filled other people's slots before? Yeah, this morning. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> you got the job. Really? really? Yeah, absolutely. Well, welcome to WPJT Radio. All right, and I'm going to have to play this next one, too. Uh, but uh, he did get the job, Anthony. He got the job. Doesn't realize um, what we can see. We can see in the background of this guy, it's all, you know, Praise Jesus and the PTA. I, I believe the name of the station is the Praise the Lord station. So I don't think he knows what he's getting into. And his first interview is with a nun. <laughs> so let's not even, without further ado. What's happening? And welcome to the lady, uh, the Lord man uh, show. <laughs> um, so I understand that you are a nun. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. And um, how long have you been um nunning it up? For about thirty years now. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's good. Now I understand that your work uh takes you all around the world. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. In fact, I'll be leaving the country very soon to assume a missionary position. Uh. uh 
I'm sorry, what, what was that? I'm going to assume a missionary position, and I'll probably be holding it for a very long time. Yeah, well, that, that's interesting. Um, so, uh, um, where will you be holding this, um... Missionary position? Yeah. In Bangkok. Bangkok. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, cool. Uh, so why don't we talk about, uh, something else? Bangkok is lovely. In fact, I'm looking forward to taking it all in. Mm. But it can get a little steamy, you know. Hot and Ooh. steamy. Have you ever gone down the Yellow River? Yeah, once in the 80s, but I did not enjoy it. <laughs> what about a missionary position? Have you ever known the joys of a missionary position? Oh, he's losing it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Here's the story I'm going to tell you. It goes a little something like this. I was with these two girls, right? And so I was doing a twin sister, right? And then her mother walked in, and her mother has a video camera, so she puts it on a tripod, and she starts to ram it. It was sort of a missionary position. So <laughs> they had to come pick up the nun in an ambulance. Um, I mean, she was going to hold a missionary position in Bangkok. What are you going to do, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's just nothing, <laughs> nothing else you can do. Um, so he's out of another job. Obviously, the one job he gets, he's out of that job. And uh, Julie is pissed at him. Basically, you know, she's like, "You have to do something. You can't just, you know, wait around and figure, try, you know, just figure out what to do." But I believe he has a different motto. Uh, he actually says, "Plan for this type of thing. There's only one thing to do. I must go and have sex." And wait for something to randomly happen. It'll work out. You'll see. It will randomly work out. Okay. So that's what he does. That's a good plan. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, no, but I mean, some people just have that kind of like dumb luck appeal about themselves. Clearly he does. But Box, let me ask you, because I didn't get a chance to ask you. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about him in terms of, do you consider him that vulgar? In comparison to things that you've seen and heard in your lifetime? No. Is he really that vulgar? No. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I do not think most of this movie could be done in 2018. I mean, if you think... This? No. You think so? Uh-uh. Dude, we played the first three minutes and it's like, no way. Three minutes and 47 minutes into this movie, I was like, this movie could not be played. He's sitting there telling a guy, yeah, you... Basically, uh, your wang gets hugeified by uh, not women, but men. <laughs> you can't say oh. that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Some people might. Yeah. Obviously, somebody would get offended. So what you're trying to say? Being gay is a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but this is where he meets. Uh, and I, like I said, I went through the actors. This is where he meets Kevin McDonald, the mailman. Uh, again, this guy. I've I've mentioned the movie Brain Candy from Kids in the Hall on this show before. That's what this guy is from, the, the Kids in the Hall. And uh, I'm going to play a little bit just because he's so douchey. I love it. I hate the houseboat guy. Hey, what's happening? Shh, I was boning a lady inside. Say, look at this. It's a telegram from Jimmy Walker. Really? Oh, it says urgent. Dear Leon, stop. The 70s are over. Stop. 
Let me see that. Here's your... Oops. I seem to be dropping all your mail. I guess I'm a clumsy mailman. You're a bad mailman. And this is not from Jimmy Walker. Oh, let's see here. Gap bill. Houseboat bill. Electrical bill. Ooh, what is this? Ooh. It's a lady. <laughs> Dearest Leon, I know it's been a long Back press against the wash machine. <laughs> Money. <laughs> this is it! Dearest Leon, I know it has been a long time since we parted ways that fateful night, but I still remember the tender moments we spent together. The feeling of your skin pressed up against mine. The feeling of my back pressed up against the wall of the laundromat. Mm -hmm. I remember how you said I was your one true love. Time has changed nothing. I want you even more. Mm -hmm. And I have all the money we'll ever need to make a fresh start. Mm -hmm. Come back to me, Leon. I'm waiting for you. And I've never stopped thinking of myself the way you always used to describe me, as your very special, sweet thing. You gotta be kidding me. So there's a random occurrence. Yes. He said his plan was to go have sex and wait for something to randomly happen. You know what they say, God take care of babies and fools. And and, and once again, I go back to my point from earlier. Like, I think if, even if you have, you know, douchebag type qualities, if you if you have like that part of you that people can see that you have some good in you, mm -hmm. you just kind of go about it a different way. Good things happen to you. Everything has a way of working out for you. Even if you're not actually putting in any effort for it to improve. Right, right, right. Um, and obviously that was Julie reading the letter. Yeah. Um, and obviously he has to find someone he called Sweet Thing. Well, he's already called two women Sweet Thing in the last, what, 30 seconds of the movie. Um, Fox, was that you back in Florida? Call you, 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 you got that one random nickname that you called every everybody and then when it came time to figure out who's who you was lost no that's the only reason i actually gave him different nicknames was so i knew who was who <laughs> you had to do that you had to do that did um, you keep like a book the no, law because no, it no. had to get confusing though no no no, no. never had a book <laughs> never had a book i did one stupid thing when i had like every girl i was banging at the time at, at like one party it was like this is really not good <laughs> <laughs> let me guess you did you get drunk and forget the uh, guest list or something no i was I, I just people started showing up and i'm like oh my god who how am i gonna take i ended up just yeah. not taking any that night because one of them was gonna get pissed at me so yeah and plus you figure women talk and all of it you know it would have came up if they're all in the same place at the same time yeah <laughs> one one of them would have put two and two together <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I just, uh, I just sort of, uh, I just sort of went to sleep that night. But um, this Fox is... Man Phelps over here. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. This is where we. Uh, Barney goes to his first meeting, and uh, again, this I... is amazing. Please, you got to play this. Scene. I know I played a lot of clips, but this one, here we go. I'm, uh... I'm sorry. 
sorry about the, uh, the door. I have the right place. I was just, um, wow, you're huge. We know who you are, Barney. I think you'll be glad that you decided to come. What is this? These are people just like you, Barney. They too have had their lives shattered by the sight of that man's ass. I caught this mysterious tattooed guy and my wife going at it in July 1992. The spring of 89. December 1994. November of 95. Uh, and then <laughs> April of 96. Uh, and uh, then again in June of 96. And then twice more on January 15th, 1997. And three more times in the spring of 99. Arbor Day, Cinco de Mayo, Flag Day. That's how. Don't make any sudden moves around him. He's all right, man. What about you? I mean, what, what's your story? It was April 1990. I was in training for the U.S. Olympic team. My sport? Greco-Roman wrestling. My wife and I didn't have a perfect marriage. Maybe I didn't understand her needs. She definitely didn't understand my passion for wrestling. She didn't understand why Brian, my wrestling partner, and I trained constantly. She didn't understand the thrill any man would feel after grabbing a, a big husky guy like Brian and, and pinning him down to the ground until he squirms and squeals like a little piglet. <laughs> One night I went out to train at at Brian's, I, I returned home only to find my wife lying there with a, a faraway look. I noticed an open window, and out of it I saw our man running through the parking lot. I would have chased after him, but I was, I was too sore from the training. Oh, right, right, of course, yes, yes. yes. of course, right. training. Right, right. After that, I discovered there were others like me, and I, I formed this group. The point is, we may not know his name, but we're on to him. One day, he'll slip up. And when he does, we're gonna be there to nail him and cut his balls off! Hey, hey, no. Okay, sorry. Sorry, everyone. I, maybe we won't actually go that far. It's yucky. <laughs> all right and uh basically what happens after that that and by the way you're right that part is amazing we finally get to see will ferrell i mean we're 30 30 minutes into the movie and we hadn't even seen will ferrell yet yeah. um by the way this is the first movie i think we've done with will ferrell in it the first of many because uh i do want to say this before we kind of move on to the next scene mm -hmm. i mean obviously will ferrell had been around for a few years prior to this coming out but even though his part wasn't super big in this movie, is it a, is it a fair statement to say that hey, this is the movie that kind of like really took him to the next level? Because from here, you know, he he started really cranking him out in terms of like being known as like the guy in terms of like off the wall comedy. Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest, this it, Will Ferrell might be the 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 one success story of SNL. I mean, there's a lot of tragedies when you think about Saturday Night Live and the cast and when they do go away from that and try to become actors. I mean, 
you know, look at Belushi, uh, you know, the, there's one tragedy. Um, David Spade never really did much. I mean, I know he did a few things, but never did a lot. I mean, look at Dana Carvey, never did too much. Mike Myers and Will Ferrell might be your two success stories out of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, now, let me ask you this. I mean, you're right. I mean, obviously, it, it's a tragic situation. I don't want to harp on it too much. But uh, do you think uh, had, you know, Phil Hartman not, you know, been murdered, do you think he would have been another one of the success stories? Because he was like a instrumental part of SNL for a lot of years. But mm-hmm. he was he was hella funny. I enjoyed his movies outside of uh, SNL. Yeah, I think he definitely would have been one. And I definitely, you know, we've talked about this before. Chris Farley's would have definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. He, he definitely would have been in probably a bigger success than Will Ferrell. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, you might not have had Will Ferrell's success if Farley had lived, but I believe Farley would have gone yeah. further than Will Ferrell, but I, eh, you never know. I mean, yeah, always two great guys, but, uh, yeah, man, the, the, you know, as many success stories you can mention as many people that just tried and didn't make it. I mean, Chevy Chase was sort of a, a success story until stories of him being a dick to work with came out. Yeah. And, um, and, and I, I guess a lot of people were proven right, but, um, he basically, uh, tried to, uh, run before he was ready to walk because basically he got all, he might have left SNL too early in hindsight. A lot of people said, you know, his downfall was kind of like leaving too early instead of like riding that wave. Because like I said, Chevy Chase at the peak of his uh, run on SNL was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And he like kind of like instead of riding that wave out, he basically, OK, I'm hot now. Let me start doing movies. And he was hot for a little while. You know, he had the National Lampoon series, the vacations, still classics, did fetch. But then by the I would say about maybe like the mid 80s. He started to kind of, t- you know, cool off a little bit. And then I would say after like a uh, Christmas vacation, mm-hmm. he just totally went off the radar, radar, off the reservation in yeah. terms of being relevant. Well, like I said, people, I mean, stories of him being extremely hard to work with came out. And that doesn't help, especially when you're a guy like Chevy Chase, who is extremely, I mean, I'm not shitting on Chevy Chase. I like a lot of his movies, but he's a very one dimensional slapstick comedy He's funny when he's falling down, when he's screaming and yelling. He's kind of one dimensional. Now, mm. now, let me ask you this, because I, I'm a fan of David Spade. I know he's kind of hit and miss with some people. Some people you either get him or you don't. I personally like his sarcastic way of doing things. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what got Chevy Chase over. Like, you know, he was basically like very like had a dry sense of humor, very straight laced, but he was very sarcastic. He he had an yeah. ability to kind of like cut you down and make you feel like shit. Who who do you think did that better between the two of those two? Um, in terms of like that sharp wit, I guess you could say Chevy Chase. But I mean, like I said, David David Spade wasn't the uh, fall down slapstick comedy kind of guy. Steve Martin, oh, yeah. and che- Steve Martin, and Chevy Chase were the two guys you wanted to see falling down, falling all all over the floor, and you know. And I'll throw Dan Aykroyd in there, you know. At that time, Dan Aykroyd has done plenty of serious stuff and, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, many comedies, but <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I so I mean, I guess Chevy at the time, but I mean, David Spade, I like David Spade, too. I like Joe Dirt and 
all the stupid yeah. movies, David Spade. I, I never watched that. What was it? Just shoot me that TV show he was on. I caught a few episodes of it. And that's, that's kind of like, I mean, I liked obviously Tommy boy is classic. Yeah. And I, I watched enough of the uh, Just Shoot Me show. That's where I kind of really kind of got to be a fan of his personality because basically he was very sarcastic. And he just had mm-hmm. just he just has a way of just like cutting people down. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, he does. Um, but um, well, real quick, uh, we shouldn't jump past this. You had mentioned Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wouldn't say uh, you he's a success story. I mean, obviously, yeah. he's worked consistently. It's been a while. So he hasn't had like a a jerk level comedy and God knows how long, but he's worked pretty consistently. I would consider him a success story too. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess so. He did do a lot of consistent stuff. He had that whole parenthood, uh, series. How many, how many movies did they get out of that? Three, two or three. Yeah. He done. Oh uh, yeah. He did cheaper by the dozen. Um, ah, there you go. Cheaper by the dozen and, and parenthood. I think they were both him, right? Yeah. He did a uh, pink Panther. Uh, Ugh. I, <laughs> I don't Ugh. know if you ever saw house sitter. With uh, Goldie Hawn, I actually enjoyed that one. Nah, to be honest, my favorite movie, my favorite Steve Martin movie is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> Him and Michael Caine. I love that movie. It is so goofy, but I love that movie. Absolutely, d- d- definitely, we will get to that movie one night. Of course. And uh, I guess before we get back to the movie, I got to throw this guy out here, another guy that I personally enjoy, mm-hmm. who I think should have been more successful than he was, John Lovitz. I love John Lovitz. I I, I, I don't do know too. what you stand, but I'm a fan of the guy. No, I am, especially in in uh you know Wedding Singer when he's you know singing the song and everything. I I like John Lovitz. I liked that they brought him on uh, news radio after Phil Hartman died. I you know I I thought it was good and I thought he was hilarious on the show. I love his dry sarcasm. Yeah, same here. Amazing. I, I, I thought he should have done more, too. And he just, he doesn't have the look. He doesn't look like a Hollywood star. Yeah, but I, I mean, much like wrestling, you need variety. And, like, not everybody has to look like The Rock or a fucking uh, a young Mel Gibson to get play in Hollywood, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, a, a, another good John Lovitz movie was, uh, what was it? The Great White Hype. Yes. And The High School High. High school high. There you go. There you I go. love that. It's dumb, but I love it. <laughs> oh, the great white hype is completely stupid. Him and Samuel. It's him, Samuel Jackson. It's got a pretty big cast in it, though. Damon Wayne's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Clearly, that was like a rip on uh, Mike. Uh, not Mike. Yeah, Mike Tyson and uh, Don King. Yeah, that was obviously. Yeah, I mean, Samuel Jackson's name was Sultan in the movie. Yeah, it was a definite rip off. But it, I like that movie too, man. That's one we'll have to get to one night. Of course. Definitely. Um, all right, let's get back to this. The, the, by the way, this this is a short movie, and there is no trivia, no did you knows, no nothing. This is a short ass movie, dude. This is an yeah, hour. It, it, it flies by. Yeah, hour and twenty four minutes. We're we're just about halfway through it. Um, so after Barney goes in to the meeting, we heard the whole speech by Will Ferrell, even Will Ferrell's own personal story, which was friggin hilarious um barney's like look we got him i got his clothes and they're like yeah we have a whole stack of his clothes over here and he starts shaking around and getting all pissed off and he drops a zippo lighter and it says the ladies man so (laughs) they now know who this guy is so um basically 
Leon Phelps is sending out troops. Literally, he's sending out people in groups to find who the girl is. I mean, literally, he's got people. He's got a, a, a pool cue as a stick, and he's pointing people in. Hold on. Fuck it. Here we go. Of our search. Okay? Okay. Now, years ago, I was in the Army. We spent a lot of time in this area here. The army, they call it Asia, but I like to call it Freaky Deaky Sex World. <laughs> Scrap Iron, mm-hmm. you're my man. This will be your area. I suggest that you stick to the back street and the whore houses. I'm right on. Good. Oh, <laughs> Scrap, Scrap, wait a minute, wait a wait, minute. Wait, wait, wait. This postmark is from Chicago. Hey. Let me see that, Lester. Oh, well, if the lady lives right here in Chicago, that ought to be easy. I mean, you could find all the women you've been with in town, right? That's a very good question, Candy. Yes, I can, because I have written the names of all of my very special sweet ladies down in this My Black Book. Look at that thing. Uh, (laughs) Look as thick as hell. Um, So there you go. He he, he does find out that she is right there in Chicago. Now, Anthony... We've talked yes. a little bit about John Witherspoon before. Um, yes. I mentioned him. I thought maybe, I know you love this guy. We've both said how great he is. You got anything yes. to say on, on Mr. Witherspoon, you know, Friday and Boomerang? Love Boomerang. Yes, Wayne's Brothers. I mean, to me, John Witherspoon, I, and I'll, you know, try to make this brief as possible, but fuck it. I'm a, no, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna get this man his due. Oh, you're good. Man. Very much underrated. Very much, uh, multifaceted like he does a lot of comedy he's done uh some dramas but what i like about john witherspoon is that he can do the goofball comedy he can do the physical comedy he can do the jokes he's very multifaceted so if you don't know who especially uh for the younger uh generation and younger listeners they might know him from uh the boondocks i don't know if you ever watched the boondocks he's hilarious he's a voice actor too he's just very 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 multi-talented guy yeah, definitely. And like, like I said, he's been in so many movies and, you know, Boomerang is one we'll definitely have to get to one night because that, I, I love that movie. I think it might, yeah. I think you're always a little shocked that I like that movie, but, uh, Friday. Are you a fan of Friday? At oh, least the original one. That's I, actually, there's something good about, I, I've, I've seen Friday and next Friday. I don't they did know, Friday after next. I don't think I've seen Friday after next. Uh, you actually have to see that one. A lot of people might think you might think it's overkill, but that's the movie that kind of like put Cat Williams on the map. Money Mike. Are you sure it wasn't the NYPD Blue episode he did? Maybe. Did you mention? I'm, oh, I'm glad. Did you mention that? What with Cat Williams? Yeah. I. You just mentioned his name, but he's not in this movie anywhere. No, no. Did you mention the NYPD Blue reference? There isn't one, actually. The only reference I can find is a Hill Street Blues, and that is Mr. John Witherspoon that we're talking about did one episode of Hill Street Blues. Whoa. So, wow. Yeah. John Witherspoon was on NYPD Blue? No, Hill Street Blues, the other, the 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 beginning of the Stephen Bochco shows. Oh, go gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I looked. I thought at least one of these people being, you know, this was taped in Chicago would have been on an NYPD Blue, but not one. This is uh this is another <laughs> stumper of a movie. Cause that that I'm sorry, like I you know, I told you the other day about Cat Williams and how he kind of surprised me with his brief role on uh, NYPD Blue. Mm-hmm. But the, it would have blew my mind and child with this to see him in that environment would have blew my mind. He never did, but um 
who was the guy in deep cover who played the cop that was going after um the cop that was going after Lawrence Fishburne in deep cover he was in an episode of NYPD blue i forget his name do you um oh what other movie has he been in that i'm not remembering here that's what i'm wondering i'll get his name as we're uh, as we're talking about the uh talking about the movie here but yeah deep cover that's definitely one movie we're going to have to uh we're going to have to get to that one right there. You've seen that, right? Cover? Yeah. Deep cover, yeah. Uh, let's see. Is that who? No, not the crackhead. He's a police officer. Not Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> the guy chasing. I know he's got a picture. If you just give me a second here. Here's Lawrence Fishburne, Jeff Goldblum. If I see him, I'll know who he is. Nope. Can't find him. Whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this him? Nope, not him. All right, whatever. Forget it. I, I'll, I'll, I'll figure. I'll think of another movie the guy was in. Um, hopefully, I'll figure out another movie the guy was in, and we can go from there. Uh, shit, Clifton Powell's in that movie. He was in. He, he, he did an NYPD Blue, but that's not the guy I'm thinking of. A lot of people though. A lot of people. Uh, all right, let's go back here. So they are searching for this girl. They do find out she's in Chicago. Thank God. Although I do think uh, Scrap Iron was looking forward to going to, to uh, Freaky Deaky Sex World. <laughs> Freaky Deaky, that's awesome. <laughs> that, 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 I mean, you know, AKA Asia. Um, so he's going around, he's knocking on all these doors trying to find the right girl that left him the note. And he's getting doors slammed in his face, he's getting slapped, he's getting beat up. Not having a very good time. Even interrupts a wedding to ask another girl. And um, it's obviously not working. Uh, he he makes an announcement over... He Hold on. I'm going to have to play that after this part here. He even goes to a baseball stadium, uh, a baseball game, and makes an announcement. Uh, hold on one sec here. Oh, the girls in this movie really are hot. I'm not going to lie. But here we go. A couple more seconds and I'll play it. Here we go. That was not a good idea. What's happening in Chicago? Ladies, if you are rich and I bone you, could you please meet me at the Nacho Car? Also, if you are rich and you want to be bone, could you please meet me at the Nacho Car? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's one of the best parts right there too, man. That's a great part of this movie. Yeah. Um, and this actually is another great part of the movie coming up. This is where we, uh, I mentioned Rocky Carroll. Um, oh yes, Rock, Rock. I mean, another, another guy that's underrated, man. He's I agree. Very talented. I agree. I think, uh, we talked about him in another movie, um, recently. I completely forget which movie, but we did talk about him in another movie. Um, and yeah, he is underrated. The guy, uh, he, and, and tons of TV shows, Law and Order. Um, Man, was it NCIS? NCIS. He's still on NCIS. I think he's the director, um, of NCIS or the, the yeah. assistant director, something like that. He's, yeah, yeah he's a very high ranking, uh, ma man in the Navy in, uh, in that show. Um, but yeah, this is where we meet him. And Julie, this is the guy that Julie ran out of the wedding on, 
when she met Leon. They are not friendly at all. Him, uh, him and Leon. Uh, he knows what, uh, what, uh, he did to Julie that made her leave and that he broke her heart. And uh, we, I guess we can play a little bit of that. Let me back up a little bit here. I'm actually going, I, I didn't have time to do the, uh, usual clips like I usually do. So I'm kind of just winging it, which is why I'm playing so many. Here we go. We'll play a little bit of this. Okay, you don't have to stay long, all right? Just long enough to meet Leon. I'm telling you, he's just what your station needs. Leon, this is Tyrus. Tyrus Cunningham. Yeah, that's the guy that dumped you. Leon, you're a lot shorter than I expected, but the hair and the shoes, they help out. Ah, uh, well, Julie, sweetheart, I said I would meet your friend, and I have, and I've wasted a lot of my time in the process. Obviously, you haven't grown up much since our little mistake. <laughs> Look, Cyrus, why don't you just listen for a second? WAMS okay? has done quite well without the help of rejects and winos <laughs> and ditzy women who think that they can run with the big boys. Listen, if you need a temp job, let me know, okay? Gotta go. Love your place. Hey, listen, don't talk to Julie like that. Excuse me, what uh, what, what was that, little man? I said that you don't talk to Julie like that. Oh, um, don't push up on me in front of your peeps, okay? All right? Don't let the smooth taste fool you. I'm from the street. Oh, yeah? Well, I still live in the street and will occasionally find myself waking up in the street. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and gentlemen, there will be no fighting in this bar. All right, fine. We can take it outside. Instead of taking it outside, looks like Leon gets an idea and they start eating the bar food. Mm. Um, yeah, the scene was kind of gross. Well, the stuff they were pulling out was pretty nasty. Um, I mean, pickled pig feet, um, everything. I don't, I don't even know. They were pulling out all kinds of stuff. Back bottom. And then they pull out something. What was it? Back bottom gristle or something like that. Yeah. And they yeah. actually ended up feeding this guy human shit. Yes. I think I might actually have to get to the part where he eats it. Now, now, Box, while you're pulling that scene up, um, and you're professional opinion because you're a professional drinker is it ever a good idea to eat bar food if you've got a bar that actually cooks the food then yeah but all that pickled stuff man i can't do any of that stuff yes it looked like it had been there for years and like you could tell by the reaction like the people that actually are the bar regulars the bar flies they're like jesus people actually eating the food here yeah someone's (laughs) eating they're eating the food but yeah, it's uh, ugh. I I couldn't eat any of this stuff that they bring out. Let's let's just play a little bit of it here. I'm kind of at the end of the scene. Rocky Carroll's not in good shape, or uh, Cyrus, of course. Uh, I always found it weird that they made sort of the dick in this movie the name Cyrus. Every time I hear that, I always think someone's an ECW fan. You know, they kind of made the dickhead head of uh, you know, head of the station, Cyrus. I don't know. It's just me. Anyway, let's play a little bit here. How you boys doing? So, is that it? I've eaten more exotic food than that. How about a piece of the resistance? Hmm. Back bottom gristle lumps. Practically nobody eats this. I don't remember seeing those on the menu. Oh, these are good. These are new. Oh yeah, there you go now. It's a nice, that's a nice. Just some whistle lumps. Which lump you want? Whistle lump you got? 
Get your bristle up. Savor the flavor. Mm-hmm. You got some hot sauce to go with that too. Mmm. I did it. Yes, right, you should be. Yeah, I did it. You did it all right. I'm proud of you. I did it. Oh. I did it. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Boy, you just ate some shit. <laughs> what? You just ate some human shit. <laughs> <laughs> human shit? Human shit? <laughs> Why would you follow human shit? What possible holiday would you follow human shit for? That's the famous <laughs> action. Yeah. You people are sick. That's the first time it's ever worked. We thought so big. That's the first time it worked. <laughs> oh, shit. Now, uh, so there you go. I think they got him back. Um, Leon actually says he's going to throw up. I don't blame him. I would probably do the same thing after eating some of that. But yeah. uh, mm. obviously he did it to stick up for Julie. And uh, again, you can tell he's got a thing for Julie. And... That's why, you know, because I don't know if we unpack, can't remember because it's been a little while since I've seen this. Uh, I know it was a scene where um, Billy D. Williams, he was no, it was at the beginning. I remember now. He's, it was at the beginning where he was kind of like giving you some backstory on Leon mm-hmm. and how he how him and Julie met. And, uh, you know, why, you know, why was somebody like her hanging around a guy like him? And I think that scene right there sums it all up. Despite everything, she sees beyond it all that he's a good dude mm-hmm. underneath all. That that scene kind of sums it up. Well, yeah, she sees that he will do anything to protect her. Even yeah, he, I mean, he the the man would have just ate shit for her. Um, <laughs> yeah, you ever wanted you ever wanted a piece of ass that bad box out of curiosity? No, no, never, <laughs> never. You don't think you'll ever reach a point in your life where it's that bad for you? No, no. <laughs> I mean, no, no disrespect. I mean, Karen Parsons is still looking good and. I wouldn't kick her out of bed, but my God, that's wow. <laughs> that's dedication right there. <laughs> that's some dedication. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I uh, no, I, I don't think I'd ever go that far. Um, and, you know, I was actually about to do this show sober. And right before you got here, my wife walked in with some beer for me. I didn't I didn't even have any in the house. Now I do. What I you got? Is it cinnamony like the last time? Just some Coors Light. Nice. A little Coors Light. A little Coors Light like these. Um, but anyway, the next scene. My God, I'm going to have to play this scene, too. A little bit of it. I'm not going to play the whole song. They basically, you see all the guys from the VSA, the victim of the smiley ass. They're all pulling up. I mean, they're in, they've got like an A-team van. They have like a Hummer and an old Trans Am that looks a little bit like the Bandit Trans Am. It's actually is the, actually is the Bandit Trans Am without the, uh, without the Eagle painted on it. They took that something else. But they pull up and they're acting like badasses. Um, all right, here we go. Gentlemen, we've been waiting for this day for a long time. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. This man, this ladies' man, uh-huh. thought he could take something from us, something we hold sacred. Uh-huh. Yeah. He tried to take our manhood. Was he successful? No! No, he was not. Why? Because we're men among men. That's right! Superman! Yes! From this moment on, I declare our supreme manliness! Yeah! I feel like this is something really special. 
All right, so from here they do is singing. Basically, this turns into a little musical for a few minutes. Um, I don't know about you, Anthony, but when I see this, I always think they're making fun of Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Well, or maybe, re- maybe mu- musicals in general. What makes you think uh, Disney? When Adam Sandler did Billy Madison and he did the whole singing thing with uh, uh, Bridget Wilson. Yeah. That was a dig at Disney because Disney wouldn't pick up that movie. So now anytime for some reason I see one, I always think, ah, probably a Disney dig. But- oh, so you think, you, uh, let me ask you this though. Do you think that, uh, that was, uh, Adam Sandler doing that on his own or do you think FNL kind of put him, put him up to it? Well, Billy Madison was not an SNL movie. That was Adam Sandler's movie. That was a, uh, Happy oh, Madison. Yeah, yeah, that was a Happy Madison production. That, that was like one of his first movies. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies. So that was him. That was him. Yeah. 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 Plus, yeah. Plus, I don't even know why I asked that because I could see, especially a younger Adam Sandler taking a shot like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But, uh, these guys are out, like I said, turns into a musical, but they're at the station that Leon used to work at and they're still singing. They're doing jazz hands. This scene was just ridiculous, but it just wasn't worth playing. I'm actually watching it and laughing, just watching the scene. <laughs> and here we go. They're at the boss's office. To kill the ladies, man. That's right. His name is Leon Phelps. I fired him a week ago. Say, is, is that a picture of him over there? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. That's that's your man. That's uh, that's Leon Phelps. Leon Phelps. Where might we find this Leon Phelps? Oh, you might try his uh, houseboat. Or that gin tank called Lester's Lounge. And when you find him, uh, tell him to come in and pick up this crap. What's this? Fan mail. From all the sluts he's been banging for the past couple of years. A lot of these are from my wife. (laughs) Poor hell. You thought I wrote this? Yeah. All right, so he's continuing his search uh, around town looking for whoever might have done it and uh oh that's who that is right there this is uh julianne moore a young julianne moore a young nice julianne i just didn't even realize that was her but that's julianne moore she plays audrey uh she's a showgirl and uh while he's in here they start talking about doing freaky things and she comes out now this would be uh, now shaheen would love this yes Yes. <laughs> she comes out dressed as a clown and he's like, Oh, fuck it. You got to live once. And of course they end up doing it, but she came out as sort of a freaky looking clown. But yeah, I think yeah. she would have liked this part. Oh, yeah. De- oh, definitely. Oh, <laughs> and like, <shit>. yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I, I, and I loved how he was just like initially like, no, nah, this is getting a little too weird for me. But then he was like, yeah. Once that boner kicked in, he was like, yeah. You can almost once you get that initial boner, you can look past almost anything. True. Except the shit eating part. Yeah, once it's there, you're like, ugh. I mean, yeah, she's yeah. just dressed. It's not going to take clown. care of itself, and I don't want to handle it. So uh, yeah, you're here. Let's 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 knock this one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, the VSA does end up going to the houseboat. They shoot off the locks with a shotgun. The waterbed is leaking. They're in there, and. They accidentally set the place on fire. Nah, I think what no, I think what happened was they intended to, they just like wanted to mess up the place 
and even set it on fire. But I don't they weren't aware. Or I guess they were just dumb to the fact that you had a lot of flammables. You know, you had the lava lamps, a lot of oils, lot of and oils. lotions, things like that. Yeah. And the place went up like in a second. And they did mean to. Uh, Will Ferrell little, lit a cigar and then threw the lighter on the floor, which I don't know where he got a lighter that stayed lit like that. That's not how lighters work. But anyway, um, this is fantasy world, I guess. But yeah, yeah they're looking at the houseboat and they're kind of like, we, we sort of fucked up. You know what? Give me, just give me a minute. I'll actually, a couple seconds. I'll play that. Here we go. <laughs> it's exploding. Well, we really didn't think that through. Yeah, that place was full of pleather and cologne. Yeah. It was quite a thrill, though, when it went up in flames. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty shitty. They burnt his place down. Now they are at the bar. Um, I guess we just keep playing it. Yeah. Oh, oh real quick. Um, mm-hmm. we we should mention something about uh Eugene Levy, and I and I don't know about you, even. Even uh, though he um, was the bad guy, the villain in the movie, whatever Eugene Levy's in, I find it hard to hate him. He always he always finds a way to entertain me. So even when he's playing the villain like he did here, I, I can't really hold it against the guy. Yeah, he's really one of those guys you just can't help but but like when he's on camera. Yeah, he's very likable. Another guy that I wish we see we saw more of. I mean, I know he's he's mostly known for like the American Pie stuff, but you know, please go out of your way to look up his work. He's done a hell of a lot more. Especially in the 80s, working with, like, John Candy and Rick Moranis. He worked with those guys a lot. Tom Hanks, he was in Splash. Yeah, yeah, another one. I mean, people forget that that was him in Splash. And, again, he was the villain, but he was a funny villain. That movie, I mean, Splash is an an underrated 80s classic. I think because it came out so early in the 80s. um, But that's an amazing movie right there. If if you've never seen Splash, go out of your way to check that one out. I mean, anything with John Candy. John Candy's not a huge part in that movie, but he plays Tom Hanks' brother, and it is hilarious. Those two did – I'm surprised they didn't do more movies together because they had really good chemistry together in that movie. Yeah, you're right. They did. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised. But uh, they're at the bar, and we'll roll the scene. There's only 30 minutes left of this movie, so we probably won't even go through all much of the rest of it. So here we go. Gentlemen, can I help you? A round of beers for my men. Is there something else I can help you with tonight? I think there is. My car. We're also looking for this man. His name is Leon Phelps. He also goes by the ladies' man. You guys friends of his? You might say that. We want to kill him. Well, uh, he doesn't hang out here. (laughs) Now, he did just hear that, and Leon is walking out of the bathroom. Um, Just wanted to stop and give you an idea why the the music changed up a little bit. But that's now he's trying to sneak out, and here we go. What would you want to kill a guy like that for, anyway? He's a dangerous thief of hearts. (laughs) He seduced my wife. He screwed all our women. So that's why you want to kill Leon Phelps. Yeah, that's why we want to kill him. And we're going to. We're going to catch him and cut off his tiny little pecker. Tiny little pecker? You're not talking about Leon Phelps. So they find him. They run 
after him. Um, he does end up getting away from him, but uh, he jumps on a bus to get away from him. So he gets away from him this time. But these guys are crazy. <laughs> and and I love I love Hal. I really yeah. do. <laughs> I, what is his name? Because it's gonna kill me. Because he, I mean, he, like I said, he was. It's it's all about what you do with the time you're on camera. He's mm-hmm. not a super big role, but every time he's on camera, especially with the uh, the scene when they're going in the circle and like you know November ninety yeah. eight, you know, January ninety seven, whatever <laughs> it was, <laughs> classic yeah. stuff. Like, I, it, what else has he done? Like, what's his we, name? We've talked about him. I talked about him before the show, but you weren't here. Uh, we talked about him at the end of a little movie called Home Alone. He was the Santa. At the end of <laughs> Home Alone, he was the Santa. Ken Hudson Campbell, he was also the cook in Down Periscope. Man, I'm going to have to go up because I, I can't place him, but I'm not doubting you. I, I can't place him, but uh, this dude is hilarious. I, I hope he's still actually doing stuff presently because he's very, very talented. Uh, he's got a couple things coming out in 2018 and 19. He's a he's a voice in, a, in one show. Um Something called What's Buried in the Backyard sounds like something, a horror movie. Another show called Adolescence is coming out. But yeah, he was the the Santa at the end of Home Alone. And to be honest with you, that was 1990. That was his first gig ever. Was that? Yeah. Was it in Home Alone? Remember, he was the, the disheveled Santa at the end that um, uh, Macaulay Culkin walked up to. Yeah, I do. I do remember that part, but I just yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, was he? Yeah, I do remember that part. Like, was he heavy? And that's still he was like still, he wasn't this one. Yeah, he was still pretty heavy. He's always been a heavy guy. Uh, down, like I said, down Periscope. He had a pretty good role in Down Periscope. Uh, he was Armageddon. He was Max. Okay, I haven't seen that in so long. I gotta go back and watch that. But uh, yeah, uh, Home Alone, Down Periscope. Mm-hmm. Funny, funny guy. Like I would say, in terms of like uh, MVPs in the movie. You got Will Ferrell, you got uh, Eugene Levy, you got this guy. He's, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. terms of like uh, guys that really kind of like stole their scenes, whatever they did, they they made the most of them. Yeah, he's again not a not one of those. Oh my God, I, I can't believe I just saw him. But he is an actor that when you see, you're like, I've seen him. You might not know his name. Hopefully, from this show, you will. But uh, he's a definitely definitely an underrated underrated guy. Uh, but he, uh, when he runs out, oh, excuse me, Leon drops his, uh, black book. So now they have his black book and damn, that thing is thick. I mean, that's like a fucking phone book almost, but they do have his black book and, but, uh, he does get away. And this is where he also realizes that his houseboat is completely burnt down, um, and he's basically talking to himself uh, in this little scene. I'll go ahead and play it here. This is not cool. This is unfair. I did not do anything to deserve this. My houseboat. It's my houseboat. Why? His houseboat was floating away. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Obviously, you know, he, he had to find out sooner or later, but, um, and basically he falls asleep on some neighbor's doorstep and they, they pick him up and he ends up going 
uh, to Julie's house, of course. That's, that's where he was. He was at Julie's house. Julie yeah. wakes <laughs> up and hears him talking, and his family loves him. That's a bit, once again, dude, like, I mean, obviously, he is a bit, like I said, he, he, overall, he's a good guy, but, um, he does have some fucked up ways about him. So he had to have that scene, he had to have that moment in the movie where he had, like, a come down, mm-hmm. and, like, kind of, like, had, like, that coming to Jesus moment where he realized that he has to change some things. Right. But it, it's, it's a testament to how likable he is that he has these people who don't know who he is. He wakes up, they find him passed out, drunk. In front of that. But they let him in. They talk to him. They feed him. They laughing. Like, hey, how you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, you, come on. That doesn't happen in real life. But in the movie, for this character, you can believe it. No, 2018, you go to someone's door to ask directions, you get shot at. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, in uh, Chirac, I'm Chicago. Actually, <laughs> I'm actually telling a true story, by the way. I don't know if you saw that video. Uh, No. Oh, all right. A kid... He didn't have his phone, got lost on the way to school, stopped and asked for directions. The guy walks out of his house with a shotgun, and the kid's running, and the guy pulls the trigger. And where was this? I forget. I think it was in New York. Jesus Christ. But, I mean, listen, as a gun owner, even I said, this guy is a fucking moron, should have his guns taken away. Once the the quote-unquote threat, and the kid wasn't a threat, by the way, once they're fleeing, once they're running... You are not allowed to pull that fucking trigger. That yeah. is literally the threat is gone. You cannot. Yeah, they're, they're running away from the conflict. Not no, trying to instigate it. Exactly. You will be prosecuted if, listen, whether you're allowed to, to own a gun or not, if you shoot someone in the back, unless you've got a really, unless they're standing in your house, you're going to get prosecuted. You are going yeah, to go they, to jail for murder. It. And you should go to jail for murder. You, come on. That's not how you fucking do it. But uh, anyway, not to uh, jump on any, you know, soapboxes here. But, uh, yeah, that was a fucked up situation. Um, him and Julie go upstairs and they have a nice, deep little talk. Um, kind of, you know, he, he like Anthony said, he does see he needs to change some things. But as he's about to hug and give Julie a kiss, he realizes something that... Um, Honey DeLoon, played by Tip- Tiffany Thiessen, is actually he does get a kiss from Julian. Then he realizes what it is, and he realizes who it is, and it's Honey DeLoon, which is Will Ferrell's wife in the movie. That's who sent him the letter. Um, ah, hell, here we go. Right after the kiss, let's get to the hug, and this is where he realizes. That's it. That is it. Oh, and he realizes it by seeing the logo on her security for on her window. You know how they put the little cling, the window cling for a security company? Yeah. He sees the same logo on the letter that is written, so it's a stationary. Here we go. What? Deloon. 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 Honey Deloon. Sweet thing is Honey Deloon. That is it! Oh my God! I am rich! Look out, Chicago! The latest man is back! So, the talk with him and Julie is over. She's um, she she can't believe that he just did this, and uh, he's running. He's rich. He is ready to go. 
So he's... yeah, this was kind of yeah. They, they, that was a dick move on his part. This <laughs> it, I've been I pretty much was uh, his biggest fan up until this point because I'm like, <laughs> dude, you had everything in order. The tape the, the the table was set so to speak. You know, Sunday trying to keep it a little bit classy here. Everything was set, laid out for this man. Yep, and he, and he fucked it all up. It's like, it's like that scene in Casino. Yeah, we had paradise, and we fucked it all we up. We fucked it all up. But he does call Honey Deloon, who is I, I, I've seen recent pictures of her, and she's not looking very good right now. But even in two thousand, this girl was fucking smoking hot. She's in a bathtub and looking beautiful. And I guess we'll play the phone call. We've only got twenty minutes left of this movie, so let's do it. Get who? Sweet thing. Leon? <laughs> Leon Phelps? That's right, baby. It's your laundromat love machine. Oh, my God, it is. <laughs> oh, so you got my letter, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and so much time went by. I just, I thought, well, I thought maybe you didn't want to have anything to do with me. I guess that was silly, huh? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was downright stupid, baby. Listen, ever since we last saw each other, I have had this aching in my soul. Oh, you did? Yeah. So how about I come over there and go to town on your money and on your ass? Oh, oh, uh, Leon, um, you're gonna have to give me a little bit of time. What the hell for? To tie up some loose ends. Um, baby? Hmm? I want to leave my whole life behind and run away with you. How does a trip around the world sound for starters? Um, are you paying for it? Of course. Well, that sounds good. Oh, wonderful. Um, Come okay. and pick me up tomorrow night, okay? All right, sure, sweet thing. Okay. So, Anthony, just from that conversation, do you think 2018, this movie could still be made? Fuck no. Can I come to... L- let me go to town on your money and your ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Hey, that's the dream, man. Like, honestly, I wouldn't need that quoted in my wedding vows. Oh, like, like, that was- <laughs> that that would be my quote. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, and this is where we also see Will Ferrell. He, that's his his that's this is Will Ferrell's wife that uh, he's talking to here, and he's in his Roman Greco Roman wrestling gear. He's going to work out with Brian, and they're literally already grappling with each other while now, she's Box. in the bath. <laughs> now, Box, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. You brought up the uh, musical, you know, you know, where they take a shot at Disney musicals earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Obviously, wrestling around this time period was super hot. Everybody was a, everybody and their mama was a wrestling fan. Do you think that they were taking little jabs at wrestling here? Like with the whole, you know, wrestling's so gay. I don't get why people, why people like it, blah, blah, blah. Because it, it just seemed like they were taking a lot of unnecessary jabs, you know, with Will Ferrell being overly uh, enthusiastic about rolling around with other dudes and maybe but um i mean basically what they were talking about was the amateur wrestling which i always found it weird they call you know the the real wrestling amateur and the fake wrestling professional wrestling yeah it's <laughs> actually a good point I, i've always found that odd but they were talking about the real amateur wrestling, and man, if you look at some of the pictures, those guys get really—I mean—they're rolling around hardcore, and I think that might have been what they were making fun of. Yeah, but I—I I, I don't think they were taking a shot at pro wrestling at all. Okay, 
not in okay. my opinion. Not in my opinion. Um, but from there, Leon goes to his tailor. I don't know why he looks about the same when he walks out as he did when he walked in, but he gets a new suit. Um, I don't know where you would find a tailor like that, but, uh, yeah. So he goes in, new suit. He goes back to the bar. Julie's in the bar and he's talking about the, you know, this new woman he's going to meet and everything. And, uh, Julie overhears it, doesn't even stay. She just starts drinking. Actually, she does stay. Matter of fact, here, we'll go ahead and a little bit here. Hold on. It's a long scene. I'm not going to play the whole thing. Finally made good. Yeah, well, that's the way I like to look at it. You know, when a man works hard all his life and dogs hundreds of ladies, many of whom he don't even remember, you like to think that at the end of the day, he will be given a lot of money without having to earn it. I believe that, yes. So, yes, I think I have found true happiness. And I raised my glass. True happiness. (laughs) True happiness. Happiness. Thank you. Okay, so Julie hears all this, and again, she just walks over, grabs a bottle of what looks to be Jameson's. Yeah, I can't. You know, my buddy loves it. I've done it. I've tried it a few times, but Jameson is god awful for me, man. That well, doesn't yeah. agree with me. I, I can't do it. Yeah, I can I'm drink not... damn near anything, but Jameson, I see that. Ugh, I, I just barf. Yeah. I can't do it. Not a whiskey guy. I am not a whiskey guy. So obviously for me, that's horrible. Um, but I believe Julie punches him in the face, doesn't she? Uh, punches him, throws something in his face, the whole bit. Yes, punches him, grabs a bottle, and then a glass. At least she grabs a glass. And then yeah. sits down and starts drinking. Hard yeah. drinking. Um, and of course, Leon goes right over to Honey DeLune's place. And my God, she does look great. Kelly still looks good in 2000. Yes. That yes she was coming here, yeah, coming off of what was it? Melrose? Was it Beverly Hills 90210 or uh, Melrose Place? Melrose. Melrose. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. She was fully grown here because clearly she dropped the amber part of her name. But man, like, this was, would you say this was her peak of, uh, in terms of fuckability? Oh, yeah. Especially in this movie. I mean, her. I mean, tits look huge. She's definitely hot in this movie, man. She's looking good. Like I said, r- r- recent pictures of her. She's not looking great, but uh, whatever. This is 2000 we're watching here, so who cares? Um, but yeah, and what she doesn't know is that Will Ferrell is on his way home with the group of the VAs, the the, the VSAs. Um. Give me a sec. Let me get to that part real quick. Give me about five seconds, and we will be there. We go. This guy, calm down, Barney. You've got to take that defeatist attitude and, and subdue it. Wrestle it to the ground. Pin it. It's well oiled and musky form down hard. Let it feel your your soft breath on on the back of its neck. Uh, we, we lost them. We lost them. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, you, you, you know what I'm, I'm trying to get at. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. No. No. Yes. yes. No. Oh, yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Oh, I guess we can figure out what's going on there. Uh, they are literally doing it in a pile of money, but he was about to, and he starts thinking of Julie. Here we go. But listen, I can't do it. If something is wrong, 
You see, I, I know I'm in control of my personal world. Nothing will, nothing will ever violate my, my personal space. That's for sure. Whoops! Butterfingers. <laughs> Let me just uh, reach down and grab these keys, and we'll be right inside. Listen, something is wrong. I can't do this. You know, I think that I'm in love. What? Yeah, it's like, you know, when you sent that letter, all I could think about was the money. But then when we started to do it, all I could think about was Julie's faith. And I don't mean like thinking about some hot chick when you're boning a skank. This was sensitive. Okay, Anthony. Yes? I'm looking at this part. I'm looking at Tiffany Amber Thiessen, And you look at uh, Hillary from Fresh Prince. Yeah, Karen Parsons. Karen Parsons. What do you do? Which one? Flip it. Flip a coin. 50-50. Which one? Which mm, one? Which man, one do you go for? This is... Now, I'm sitting here looking at Tiffany Amber Thiessen's luscious boobs. Uh, man. Um, what do you do? do you, yeah. What do you do? You keep going? Do you leave? I didn't know my phone was still on. What do you do, Anthony? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm going to go Julie. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Julie. I think I would finish, and then I would go back to Julie. I, I, I don't know. Because cause I, I feel you. But, it, but here's the thing, though. Because I feel like the sex with Julie would be amazing because there there's, like, genuine chemistry there. Mm. On, like, all levels. Like, they're friends. There's an attraction there. I feel like it would be. Like, with, with Tiffany, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not kicking her out of bed. Mm-mm. But it, it, would, it would almost be like a one-and-done type situation. Yeah, that's the vibe I'll get from it. A good one and done, but one and done nonetheless. Man, you should see these titties I'm looking at. <laughs> so, in other <laughs> words, you you might be a repeat. Uh, I don't want to say customer because that makes it well. Fuck it, you be a repeat customer. I I, I I might be. I mean, love is great <laughs> and all, but I mean, look at these titties I'm looking at. Uh, <laughs> whew, that's all I'm saying. But let's get back to the scene before we dig ourselves a hole here. Uh, here we go, gentlemen. Please step into the serenity of my beautiful foyer. All right. All right. Listen, listen, honey, I don't think that this is a good idea. I'm telling you. Yeah, I know. And yes, the whole group, Will Ferrell and everyone, is standing right in front of them while she is on top of him. Here we go. Hi, sweetheart. Have you met Leon Phelps? Yeah, what's happening? Oh, oh, listen, don't say son of a bitch. That's not nice. What's wrong with you fellas? Oh, my God. Yes, they're looking at his dick. That is what they're looking at. That is what the oh, my gods are about. I'll tell you, Anthony, if white men did anything for black men, we made sure the stereotype of y'all's dicks being huge stayed around for the lifetime. Yes, Lord. And, <laughs> and I'm glad I'm glad it is. Because here's the thing. I'm normally not one to perpetuate stereotypes for any race. I feel like you should judge people based on an individual basis. But that is one stereotype that I will continue to perpetuate. That one that is one that needs to stay around, okay. stay in existence. Because it's like one of those situations where you're in a win win situation. Because if if you are <laughs> They're all the assumption will always be there. Yeah, so you're, I, all, you're I always going to have that going for you whenever you approach somebody. I guess so that's I, keep keep that one alive. I I I guess that's part of the of the white guilt. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm Jewish, so technically I'm not white, according to, uh, the, the race chart. <laughs> the race, Jesus. According, according to the race chart, I am Jewish, which makes me not white. Um, well, well, don't worry, don't worry, Box. That's actually, that actually exists in the black community too. True. Cause look, with Jamaicans, like Jamaicans could be black as all hell, but don't call them black or else you're going to have some problems. Haitian, the, I'm not black. Yeah. I'm Jamaican. Yeah, Haitian too. Haitians are the same way. I, I in Florida there is a very big Haitian community. Um, most of them, by the way, are some of the hardest workers I've ever seen in my life. Yes, ever. The Mexicans are too. Um, oh no. yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going <laughs> to. No, you're right, so dude. I, actually, the two girls that work for me are Mexican, and they are artists. You got to realize what. The foam that I do, they have to heat seal, which is literally uh-huh. like taking a a heat gun. It looks like a big uh, a big hair dryer, and they have to seal stuff together to make it look like you know, like an end cap or something that would go on a printer or a server and then go in a box. These girls are artists, dude. Yeah. I've tried it myself, and it looks it looks like it looks like gum when I do it. Like chewed gum. When they do it, man, it comes out crisp, clean. Very no cool. way, no way, I could even do what they do, man. Very cool. But you know, in all in all sincerity, though, like every race, like you know, before you make assumptions, black, white, whatever, you know, educate yourself. It's kind of like not everybody that not every Chinese person is Chinese. There's a lot of things that go into it. You got Vietnamese, you got Korean. You know, it's all about just educating yourself to like the different uh breakdowns of oh race. yeah oh yeah vietnamese korean you have uh taiwanese uh yeah. and i mean some of them are even filipino and you mistake them for you know you'll just sit there and say asia and they're like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. i'm not an asian motherfucker yeah i'm fucking filipino and you're like all right hey, i'm sorry yeah, I mean, like, but yeah that's... somebody like a uh, gail kim uh, i know she's not asian she might have asian blood but i, I want to say she's korean more than anything i believe she's even canadian yeah <laughs> so i mean yeah, it's, it's all about the breakdowns yeah yeah, and you know, again, not to uh, not to take this show into the political, but uh, again, they're looking at his dick. My wife had that. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Come on, fellas, listen. I can understand you being angry, but you know, you can't blame the Wang. <laughs> well, he's got a point. I mean, that's that's a beauty. Kill him! <laughs> <laughs> Once again, hell, he's, he's got a point. I mean, that's a beauty. Fucking hell, man. You know what? You're right, Anthony. It's not, a, it, it's all about how you spend your time on camera. Even in the movie, he, he's yeah. there. You, even yeah. behind Will Ferrell. Yeah. He's there. It's him. You hear him. It's like, Jesus Christ, this guy. Cause, Box, let me ask you. Anytime you're watching the movie, think about like some of the biggest stars out there. You know, Robert De Niro, uh, Eddie Murphy, you know, on and on. Will Ferrell, another one. How many times do you find yourself sometimes noticing that one character in the background? It might be like a scene, like just walking by, like perfect example, something like coming to America. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I was introduced to Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, back then he was Sam Jackson. Right. Think about that. He only had the one scene in the McDonald's holding him up. And but people remember that scene. If they don't remember anything else, but it's a lot to remember from coming to America. But if they don't remember anything else from that scene, I guarantee you they will remember that Sam Jackson scene. Yeah, it stands dude. out because he made, like I said, he. I think that scene lasted all of two minutes, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe less than that. 
but it was memorable. He made it count. Oh, Same yeah. thing with Hal here. Hal was even less. Like, oh, what yeah. was that? To 20, like 15 seconds, but he made it count. Yeah, yeah, that little part right there. And every other part he's in, he's kind of, you know, they, they give him that line and he fucking nails it. Dude, Jack Nicholson, do you know how he got discovered? I don't know. He was an extra. He was an extra in a baseball movie, some sort of baseball movie, and he was an extra in the stands. Mm -hmm. The director caught him and said he was acting better than the actors in the movie, just being an extra. You know, so in just, other words, he was acting like a real person will react in that he, situation. He was reacting like an actual fan of the sport instead of everyone else trying to act like an actor enjoying the sport. And that's actually how he got discovered. After that, he started doing movie after movie after movie after movie. So yeah, it's kind it, of, yeah. yeah, yeah it goes that, back to that um, Undertaker quote, you know, from uh, that long ass interview he did. You, you had some guys that instead of trying to be themselves, they try to act like the wrestlers they see on TV instead of being a wrestler that happens to be on TV. Well, I mean, let's face it. Triple H wants everyone to be him. <laughs> so that's a little bit of the problem in the company right now. Triple H, he does, dude. He wants everyone to be him. And all. <laughs> I wonder if, yeah. He, yeah, I mean, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's letting them all bang Stephanie too. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Allegedly, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I always got to throw that allegedly in. Allegedly, allegedly. Uh, here we go. Let's keep playing it. There's 13 minutes left in the movie. I'm going to play most of the last scene because just like the first scene, the last scenes are great. So here we go. Yeah, you heard what he said. No. I've waited longer for this than anyone. Oh, Gentlemen, here comes the wrestling gear. He's mine. And he's dead. So much whiskey, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't drink so much whiskey. Scrap Iron is singing to Julie in the next part here. I'll go ahead and play a little bit of that too, because that's hilarious. Um He's singing and giving advice, but not wanting to seem like he's giving it uh the advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here we go. It ain't no good for you. You know you're too pretty, girl. You don't know what whiskey can do to you. Talk <laughs> to her Lord. I told you we were a lot alike. It's all right, baby. All right. Once again, Candy. Candy's had a, has a little crush on on uh, on Leon too, and she's the drunk girl that gets up in your face when she's drunk. So she's right up in uh, Julie's face right now. now like bell box. Mm-hmm. Would you say? Would you say there's like a certain etiquette when it comes to like you know ch- bar chicks because. It, it, it's kind of weird because you, you mentioned that scene with Scarrett Brown, right? He's drinking, you know, he's trying to give her advice and all that. She's an attractive woman. Most guys in that situation might try to take advantage of it, but here he is trying to talk her down. Now, if she had that aura being like the easy one, well, do you, do you think this should? Do you think there's like an etiquette when it comes to you know how you approach somebody in a bar? Like if they, if you get the vibe that they're like not so much a whore by nature. But they might just be having a bad night, maybe got out of a bad situation, and they're just kind of like drinking their sorrows away or whatever. Might be dog might have died. They but they might they might not be, in other words, they might not be a uh the whore type on a regular. Oh but they they uh, there might be a situation that's causing them to drink. Like, you know, with her, she's you know, obviously in her feelings about the, the Leon situation. You think there should be like a level, some etiquette 
when are, it comes to how you approach them or just it's all fair game. Are we talking about 2000 me or 2018 me? Uh, give us a 2000 you. 2000 me would have thought, hmm, maybe my dick can make her fucking feel better. <laughs> fair game, basically. Uh, 2000, yeah. I mean, 2018 me, man, maybe this girl needs someone to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> Look, that's, that's, that's what happens. You, you, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah you grow, you learn and you grow. You gotta experience shit before you kinda grow. You gotta yeah. fuck up to grow. <laughs> yeah. You know, 2000 me. I think my dick can make this girl feel better. I guarantee it. Yeah, she seems nice otherwise, but yeah, maybe I can make her feel better another way. Like, you know, I don't feel like talking and she needs some other energy. Get her mind off shit. <laughs> maybe she should switch to tequila. I mean, I don't know. Just something maybe <laughs> she should do. Um, you know, whiskey's not good for me, but uh, yeah, maybe she should switch to tequila. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously in 2018, there should be an etiquette. But, uh, I don't know, man. You know, when you're young, you're dumb. Yeah. Full of cum. <laughs> Pretty much, dude. I would have been, what, 25 then? Yeah, 25. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, was, yeah give you a pass. I was an idiot. Still, like, young. I was a stupid idiot. I was, I was probably drunker than her if I was at the bar with her, by the way. So <laughs> I would have, I might not she have She probably would have took advantage of you then. <laughs> she might have taken advantage of me. One girl did one night. I'm not going to fucking lie. She grabbed me and kissed me. Didn't even, didn't, I didn't know her name. I didn't know anything. She grabbed me out of a pack of my friends and started kissing me. See, now, now if that happened the day, you could go me too. Me too. That, I mean, you probably would get laughed at and like mocked and ridiculed. You wouldn't get the same love that women do, but you could, you know, you could make that argument that yeah. I was, I was a cowsted. I was forcibly kissed against my will and I didn't appreciate it. Oh, I took her home and banged her. <laughs> I, <was> perfect <laughs> i mean i don't want to sit here and be like oh i was you know molested no i i no it was it, it was fine she, i mean she wasn't a 10 she might have been a she's probably like a six but when you're when you're when you're 25 a <laughs> drunk yeah and you yeah. see box that's why <laughs> i mean obviously man or woman it's never funny when somebody gets uh touched or like have anything forced upon them but that's part of why uh guys have that stigma of a guy can't be raped a guy would enjoy it a, um, guy, a guy can't get molested Ugh, yeah. what guy wouldn't take advantage of a situation like that eh. well depends on what i mean i hate to say this but it w i mean it would sort of depend on what the girl looked like you know yeah i hate to yeah. say that it's mm -hmm. it's a shallow disgusting thing to say but it yeah. does. I mean, if fucking, let's face it, if, uh, you know, Pamela Anderson from, you know, back in the day jumped on you, I don't think you're going to cry rape. Yeah. Or like, here's another example. Remember, this is like going back years. Uh, remember the, uh, teacher that had the affair with the, um, the, uh, fucking, uh, 13 year old, 14 year old? They ended up like having, the they even ended up having a kid and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, and she was like hot and like people were like, well, why would you mess with a kid? And like, you get now, and yes, I mean, obviously that was a terrible situation. I, even if he went along with it, that's still like terrible. You're a grown woman. He's still the, he doesn't even know he shouldn't even be put in that situation. But hypothetically looking at her, put yourself in that kid's situation in year 12, 13, you're still learning. Obviously it's a terrible, so I'm not condoning it, but could you see where? A kid that's still like he's probably just like discovering himself and 
oh, women are hot. Women aren't like cooties. No, women are hot. They're supposed to be looked at ogled and all that kind of good stuff. I think, How would you feel? Like, would you be like, I get it. I think a lot of those kids, when their parents find out, is when it gets shitty. I don't think a lot of those, you know, 13, 14 year old kids are the one turning in these teachers. I think the parents are. As they should. As they should. I mean, again, I don't condone it. I mean, my son's 10 and, you know, in a few years, if, I mean, you know, yeah, I wouldn't want it to happen to him. Yeah, because, yeah, it's still, be, it's still, the kid is still got taken advantage of, but it just goes to that, if, they, if the situation was reversed and you had a girl, oh, they, the guy, would, they, people would be ready to have his head. Well, that's, well, it's funny. Statutory rape only works kind of one way. I mean, they do get these girls on statutory, but it's not as, I mean, they get so much less time than the men. Yeah, because, yeah, people try to justify for it. They 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 try to make excuses. Like, oh, you know, what was her home life like? Maybe she was going through some, a dude, like, once again, if it's wrong for once, it got to be, you got, it got to be some equity, you know, it got to be some type of balance there. Like, and a dude could get taken advantage of, especially, like, if you, yeah, a 12-year-old dude in that situation might feel awkward, like, Oh, get away from me. Lately, it seems like that's the, you know, I see a, a story like that coming out like every other month, dude. And, I, and, and you know, not to make a joke, but I, I I can't help it. Where were these teachers at when I was in high school? When I was in fucking junior high, yeah. they did not look this good, bro. <laughs> no, these teachers the chicks are, are getting hotter. And, the teachers are getting hotter and hotter. <laughs> Clearly, they have issues. And I'm like, I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You you used to only hear about this stuff ha- happening in very rarely high school. You used to hear about it in college campuses a lot. Yeah. You know, and even then it wasn't – it was frowned upon more than like it is now. I mean now it's like prosecutable and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it you really only heard about it in college. Now you're hearing about it in junior high school, high school. Yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. Where were these teachers when I was a freshman or fucking, you know, yeah. seventh, sixth grade, seventh grade? Where the yeah, fuck? Yeah, you get, they're, giving, they're giving you good grades and they're giving you a good, you're getting laid. You can't beat it. You can't Shit. Beat it. Adam like, Sandler did a whole movie about this called That's My Boy. Yeah. He did. It was all about that. It was basically yeah. that, that whole story where, you know, they, they had a, you know, kid and everything. So it was a crazy little fucking story, man. Yeah. That's actually not a bad movie. I like that movie. I do like that movie. And speaking of movies, let's get back to this one. Um, I'm still at the scene where Candy is talking to Julie. Julie is drinking shots of uh, whiskey. Scrap iron's there. Let's play a little more, and then we'll get to the end. Uh, Twelve minutes left in the movie. Girl, that's one rambunctious guzzle you got there. I drank that one for Leon's one true love. Rotten hell, honey DeLune. In hell. You said that woman's name was Honey DeLoon? That's what she said. Well, if that's her name, then Leon is in a whole lot of trouble. Why is that? That's the wife of the dude who wants to kill Leon. Somebody wants to kill Leon? Mm-hmm. My Leon? Yep. Suddenly she sobers up a little bit. <laughs> Funny how that happens when the adrenaline starts pumping. Uh, yeah. But anyway... After that little scene where obviously, again, she still cares about Leon, but uh, Will Ferrell, he's down there in his Greco Roman wrestling outfit. He's wearing the ear protection that Kurt Angle wore for about uh, about a year, year and a half, right? About that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, which I, uh, by the way, I, I, I loved that Kurt Angle. Yeah. I loved yeah. that. <laughs> that was a great Kurt Angle. But yeah. uh, I'll play a little bit of this scene because, again, he's talking shit. Here we go. I am going to wrestle you. Listen, you really don't have to do this. You know, I was just saying to your wife, honey, that, you know, I'm a changed man. And if I can have the self-control to not bone a lady as fine as she is, and you know, she can do that amazing thing with her tongue. I think you know what I'm talking about. That should be reason enough to let me go. Oh, yes. I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, Will Smith, uh, Will Ferrell, Will Smith, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with me? I almost called him Will Smith. Will Ferrell is oiling up, about to take on Leon Phelps, Tim Meadows. Here we go. Oil? No, that's all right. Oh. Well, I, I'm still going to enjoy this, <laughs> but definitely not as much. That makes me angry. I am a master of Greco-Roman wrestling. And I will crush you. And you will learn a new definition of pain. Are you sure? The funniest part of that is when he says pain and he throws his hand, oil flies off of his hand. That's one of the greatest parts of, of, of this scene right here. Literally, he goes pain and he throws his hand and oil flies off. So that's great. Uh, and l- I'm going to keep going. You don't want just a dab. It's, it's, it's a lemon essence, and it is delightful. Mm. Uh, you better take the oil, Leon. It's pretty rough without the oil. No, that's all right. I'm good. Okay. Suit yourself. And Lance, dear, can you kick ass quietly? 10-4, apricot. <laughs> now. He's, he's still talking sweet to his wife. <laughs> yeah. What a cuck. <laughs> Clearly. What a cuck. Oh, Jesus Christ. He did Jesus. This guy's just one of the, in one of those blacked videos. Sitting there in the corner in his Greco Roman uh, Roman wrestling outfit, jacking off. Uh <laughs> go on with the scene, please. <laughs> Um, yeah, I need I need some time. So uh, go with the scene for a minute, please. <laughs> you know I'm right. That's the problem right now, isn't it? <laughs> okay, here we go. Leon Phelps, prepare to meet your doom. Yeah. Yeah. Cry havoc and set free the dogs of war. Yeah. 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 Did he just say the dogs of war? No, no, play that again. I think he said gods. Did he or did he say dogs of war? Hold on, let's play it again. Leon. Pretty rough without the oil. No, I'm a little no, far that's back. All but that's right. fine. I'm good. Okay, suit yourself. And Lance, dear, can you kick ass quietly? Ten four, apricot. Now, Leon Phelps, prepare to meet your doom. Yeah. Yeah. Cry havoc and set free the dogs of war. Yeah. You're right, dogs of war. Dogs of war. Raw is stealing all kinds of shit from this movie, man. <clears throat> yeah, all kinds. All right, let's get back to this. Vengeance is mine! 
wrestling. Hello. <laughs> All right, and Barney pulls out a gun here. Um, it takes him a minute to do it, but he does pull out a gun. Uh, and Le- Leon did kick the shit out of Will Ferrell. Yes. That's what happens when it's your movie. You get to beat the hell out of Will Ferrell. You know what this reminded me of? Because we kind of we brought it up on the show a lot in passing. That black video uh, I just mentioned? That, no, no, about uh, <laughs> Ed O'Neill. No. <laughs> Fox, I just calmed myself down, bro. We can say that for after we finish the movie. But I'm trying to get this point out real quick. There's only nine minutes um, left. Okay. <laughs> no, but um, you're 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 a martial arts guy. You love love your Bruce Lee. I do. The same thing, the same way, you know, um, I talked about how I find it hard to believe that Ed O'Neill, because I only see Al Bundy when I see him. So when you say he's a badass, that's how the, that's what the scene reminded me of. It's always the unassuming guys that can do the most damage. Yeah, it is. But he said he grew up on the streets, remember? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it happens. But yeah, you Ed O'Neill, fucking black belt in, I believe, Taekwondo and. I believe a black belt in jujitsu, Gracie jujitsu, not just jujitsu, Gracie jujitsu. There's, and I don't, so basically, obviously, Ed O'Neill, he's older now, but you still, you probably would put him in that list of still not to mess with. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck with Ed O'Neill. I mean, and you know, another one who Bruce Lee taught, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And he got all that size. That, that's amazing to me. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Matter of fact, in that movie Game of Death, he was he was the the final guy. He was the the main guy. Was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? He was like the boss in a, in, in in a video game. Now he'd be the boss. Now, obviously, but let me ask you something. I mean, obviously, Bruce Lee did have a son, Brandon, but he passed away mm-hmm. way too young. Hypothetically speaking, had he lived and he decided to open up a school, would you have you know? Got some lessons from the son of Bruce Lee. Oh, I would have tried. I would have tried, but I guarantee that school would have had a waiting list like you wouldn't believe. Oh, so you know, other other words, you think he could have carried on his father's tradition of like training Mm -hmm. like some of the uh, the legends? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, I do. Because Bruce Lee, like, like I said, I can't say I'm heavy in the martial arts, but he definitely left a lasting impression on a lot of people. Because I know uh, Ed O'Neill always kind of shouts him out whenever he gets a chance to. Well, I mean, he's the, I mean, Jesus Christ, if you can think of a godfather of martial arts, Bruce Lee would be it. I mean, literally, that's, that's, that's what he is. If, if, if he could see what, uh, uh, he wouldn't like what happened in the last UFC, but, uh, if he could see the, the fact that mixed martial arts right now is as popular as it is, I believe he'd be, he'd be very happy with, with the fact that martial arts has become so accepted in the United States. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so you, wow. So you would credit Bruce Lee kind of like indirectly with the creation of USA. Um, maybe, I mean, any, anyone who does mixed martial arts is a Bruce Lee fan. If anyone, anyone who does any martial arts is a Bruce Lee fan. I'm sorry. I'm Except seeing it. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> He did, he did, he did, he dropped his books. He didn't read those lessons. <laughs> he C- didn't study them. CM Punk is the Ralph Macchio of, uh, of UFC. Hey, um, hey, Rock Macchio, hey, Rock Macchio, don't talk about that man like that. He was kicking ass 
by the third karate kid. He was kicking some serious ass. He was a bully. We need to do that one night. Do the whole little uh, Daniel was the bully in that movie. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do another great series. Yeah, we'll uh, we, we do need to get to that to where uh, basically a lot of people think Daniel Larusso was the real bully in Karate Kid. Um, <laughs> you know what? The guy makes some really good points. I hate to tell you, I kind of agree yeah. with him. I've watched it a couple of times, and he's right. He's right. Uh, all right, let's get back to this movie. We have nine minutes left, and then we can uh, we can knock it out. So. This is where after Leon uh, beats the shit out of Will Ferrell, uh, uh, Barney pulls out a gun and we'll go. about to do there's something that I want to say all right now listen now all you men here with wives or girlfriends or sisters or mothers yes I did sex them up a little bit wait a second there's something else I want to say and in most cases it was really good no hold on but listen I didn't force myself onto your women I simply gave them something that you all wasn't giving them like Frank yeah you for instance Hey, your wife, she loves you, man. She does? Yes, she does. She always used to call out your name when I was rocking on top of her. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. And how, 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 all your old lady ever wanted from you was that you spend a little time getting her in the mood. Really? Yeah. And you never did, did you? Say it loud. No. You see? And land. Well, Lance, you're clearly gay. There's nothing really else to say about that. I think you all know that. (laughs) And that's cool, but you know, you were trying to oil me up, and that's not really cool. You all need to listen to your ladies. You need to say to her, baby, what is it that you want? Or, do you want to do it in the butt? No? Okay, well, let's move on to something else. (laughs) You just need to listen to your ladies. And you see, I know that now because I, too, have a woman that I love. Her name is Julie, and I never listened to her. I was too busy trying to be Leon Phelps, the ladies' man, instead of Leon Phelps, the man. Leon. Just a second, Julie. I got these. Julie. Leon. All right, before we get to the Julie part, let's, let's, let's break this up a little bit. All right. Um... So even after all that, he's given these guys a message. He's telling these guys, I'm not the bad guy. I'm just giving your wives and girlfriends what you can't give them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Message. You know, message. Uh... I'm, I'm, I'm giving them what you can't and this giant dick. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, there you go. Like you said, Anthony, this, this, this is message time in the movie. Absolutely. Charming guy. Look, you got to be a charming son bitch, man. Like seriously, you got to be a charming son bitch to, to be able to tell a man, another man about his wife 
and still not have want to beat your brains in or, or in this case, pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the guy with the gun. And once again, though, Hal. Hal yes. comes out of this scene as one of the greatest in the scene. Um, and now obviously Julie is there. We're going to get the whole, uh, we're going to get the whole nice scene with him and Julie. We'll play that. And, uh, I think we wrap up pretty much after that. So here we go. It's beautiful. No, you're not getting off the hook this time, Phelps. No, Lance, no. Lance, Lance, nuts. Hell's right. right. Hey, watch it. He's not the problem. I'm the problem. And look what it's done to us. It's turned us crazy. I'm sorry, Lance. I, I, I'm going home. And he drops the gun and goes home. Um, no one picks up the gun. I would have picked up the gun. No. Nah. No, 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 no. You pick up the gun. You never leave a gun sitting around. You never know who's going to pick it up. Pick up the gun. Yeah. As we're uh, I'm, you're setting us up. You're warming us up, aren't you, Box, for the uh, follow-up scene. Here we go. No! Okay, I hate to say it, but it's a total... I, I want to play it, but it's very visual. Um, yeah, it he, is. I, I'll describe. He picks up the gun, and he's doing what I can only to say is like classic cop scene poses, but they're women's classic cop scene poses. And, and then he, and then he kind of catches his, uh, what he's doing and he's like, I'm sorry, that was way too dramatic. <laughs> I'm actually with these guys. You're, you're all right in my book. See you later. Take care. So there you go. He gives Julie a kiss and obviously realizes he is in love with Julie. Um, oh, we almost missed. Uh, hold on. We're, we're going to miss the last little scene here with uh, Billy D. Williams. We got to hear that. He kind of takes us out of the movie a little bit. Give me a few seconds here and I'll get back to that scene because we got to hear Billy D. Williams. I mean, that's fucking Lando Calrissian, bro. Got to hear him. Here we go. Well, yes, there goes Leon Feldman. His days of the fastest and loosest wang in town may be over, but it's not the end of his story by a long shot. In fact, he got. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. In fact, Leon got his show back. His popularity grew and grew until he was one of the biggest DJs in town. His face appeared on the nation's most popular brand of hogball. Ladies' man became America's number one no, radio talk you. show. Your husband is a little insecure because he's retiring, that's all. Don't worry, it's a passing thing, okay, Hillary? Now, I will see you and Bill this weekend, okay? Bye-bye. All right, you're listening to The Ladies' Man, the coast-to-coast -coast love line with all the right responses to your romantic queries. And I think we got time for one more call. Hello, ladies' man? Hey, it's a lady. Ladies' man, how do you know when you're really, truly in love? That's a good question. You know, I can tell you how I felt when I knew I was truly in love. It happened when I met someone that made everything that I enjoy in life a little bit more special. And plus, I felt it in my pants. <laughs> well, 
All right. The time we have. Oh. Until next time, this has been The Ladies Man. And they even show right there, they've got uh, him and Julie have a little kid with an afro. Uh, and uh, there you go. So that was this movie, The Ladies Man. Anthony, I know you yeah. showed up a little late, but um, I don't know. What, uh, like I said, there's no did you knows or anything to this movie. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah, it's kind of like cut and dry, but, um, obviously we're a day late, but yesterday was the 18 year anniversary. Uh, my opinion, it holds up incredibly well. You know, for, like I said, if, for a dumb comedy, for something like where you don't have to overthink it, just fun movie to watch, have a good time with. Uh, in terms of like SNL spinoff series, obviously this, the ladies man is not, uh, let me see. It's not a, a, a Wayne's World type where it's like everlasting, but in terms of like the movies that they spun off, they did the Superstar one, the Molly Shannon character. They did uh, a Night of the Roxbury. Like that one. Uh, I like Night of the Roxbury. You, you, you said you didn't like the uh, Superstar one? I didn't. I'm. Like where, 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 like, where would you rank this one in terms of like successful crossovers from uh, SNL, whether it's uh, Wayne's World, uh, Superstar, Coneheads? Matt DeRoxberry, in terms of SNL characters. Oh, not very Probably right in the middle. Um, Superstar, I think, is pretty low. That movie didn't do great. That Molly Shannon is... She is funny. I do like her, but I'm not sure she's... She can care... I, I, I never liked her carrying a movie. <laughs> to, to bring it back to wrestling a little bit for no reason. I... I see her as Denzel's friend, not Denzel. Mm. You know, uh, she's like New Jack, I guess. But uh, like, she's like a good sidekick. Like she's like a good Hal. But to kind of like bring it back to this, she's a good Hal. Like have her in there, see, steal a couple scenes, maybe be the best friend, but nothing like. And inter- mm. not she can't be the focal point of the movie. Be what she was in Night of the Roxbury, the annoying huh. girl, the. That was, you know, trying to sleep with Will Ferrell. That 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 was a good part for her. Now but, let me ask you. Yeah. To that point, like uh, as far as this movie here, the ladies man obviously was a character that I, uh, Tim Meadows played on uh, SNL. Do you think that, given the character that he played on SNL as a as a standalone character, do you think they had enough material to stretch out to make this movie work? Like, do you do you think that the character's character was worth? the effort that it took to get this movie on the screen. Yeah, I think so. I'm 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 extremely glad they didn't try to extend it to a ladies man 2. <clears throat> but uh I I think they did. I mean, like I said, it, it, they didn't try to stretch this movie out to 2 hours. It was an hour and 24 minute movie. That's with beginning credits and end credits. So you're looking at about an hour and 20 minute movie. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I believe they had enough to sustain this movie. I I like the movie, always have, always will. Same. Don't think it could be made right now. Obviously, I really believe that it. No way in 2018. I hope people don't start watching this movie again. Um, our fans can watch it, but the people who are yeah. going to sit there and be like, "This movie is so sexist," and oh my god! But, but clearly, ten minutes. Clearly, the ladies' man was ahead of the curve because you notice at the end there, when he basically called Will Ferrell gay, 
he said, he, he said, it's nothing wrong with that, you know. But, you know, you rubbing on, on top of me, I don't think that's cool. It's not, it's something wrong with that. Yeah. So he kind of, he kind of covered his bases. Yeah. You're not supposed to oil up another man. That's just not right. Yeah. That that's ain't right at all. I'm like, yeah, right. I don't want to be, don't touch me. Just not right. Just not right. But, um, I don't know, man. The, the, this movie, like I said, again, I don't think it can be made today. Um, Anthony, if you, when you go back and listen to the beginning, you'll understand he, the beginning when he, you know, is still on the first station, he is really raw. Yeah. But I don't know. He, he is, but it's almost like I go back to that word. He's so charming with it. And it's like, come on, compared to some of the stuff that we've heard, even like, even compare, compare this movie to like American Pie. Yeah. Or or even like the movies from the eighties, this was tame in terms of like his, in terms of like some of the stuff he was saying. I mean, he he kind of like he 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 basically said a lot of vulgar things, but he kind of he did it in like a kitty type way, to where like it, I guess like I said, depending on your sensibilities, you still could be offended by it. Mm-hmm. But he didn't go. It's like he didn't go out of his way specifically to be offensive, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, even in he kind of dumped it down. He yeah, dumped it down a lot. But I mean, even in two thousand, this movie was rated R. Yeah, you know, this was pre Janet Jackson's titty and everybody freaking out. So, this was still a rated R movie. So, I don't know, man. I mean, but I definitely, agree with you know, it couldn't be made today. Like a it, lot of the gay jokes, a lot of the, you know, a, a lot of jokes that we might, because we don't take everything super serious or super personal. Right. It's not a big deal to us, but I could see people like, oh, they would rip this apart. They would. This would be another American pie. Oh, this is so offensive and sexist. And I can't believe this movie was even made. I, I, I kind of hope people don't start watching this movie for that reason. So I don't know. He plays on he, he prays on women. He you yeah, yeah exactly. He uses takes takes advantage of women, abuses not abuses them, but you know emotionally abuses them. Right. Yeah. It's just I don't know. There's there there's certain movies I just don't want the uh, the SJWs fucking with. This will be one of them right here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. uh I don't know, man. I got. Uh, I don't think I have anything else on this on this movie. I love it. Always will. It's always going to be good to me, whether it can be made nowadays or not. I like this movie. I'd say. Uh, I'd say, like I said, our. You know, anyone listening to this show, definitely give it a watch. If you haven't seen it, please don't start complaining about it. If you uh, if you're please seeing don't. it for the first time, and that's yeah, just uh, that's enjoy it for what it is. It's a fun movie. Yeah. There you yeah. go. There you go. All right. On that note, everybody, I appreciate everyone joining us. Appreciate the chat room. Uh, I know we were a little late. I played about almost an hour of music before we started. Anthony, thanks for uh, coming on in here. Yeah, again, sorry to you, the chat room, for being late. It won't happen again like that, folks. Apologies. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, definitely. And uh, don't worry about it. Don't forget to catch me and Shaheen. It'll be Wednesday, as usual, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um... Mixer.com forward slash tasty podcast. There you go. And don't forget if you do want to check out some of our uh, really exclusive content, patreon.com slash THT network. On that note, we will see you guys uh, in a couple weeks here on THT Movie Review. Anthony, thanks again, and we'll see you next time, man. Peace. Later.